Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be an amazing night tonight. It's a... yeah, it's it's been a pretty pretty cool and amazing week, I have to tell you. Uh, we're going to talk about some things a little bit later on in the show, but it's been a really good week. That it's it's time to sit back and and settle and and share some time with you guys, and I am just thrilled that that is now. Um, I want to go over a couple of things real quick. First of all, all this is a Speakeasy Cafe, open my poetry show. And if you would like to call in tonight, I'm going to give you the number real quick before I start on all this other stuff. So the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Okay, and that will get you on. Now, some announcements. We've got some uh, our anniversary show. I want to remind and talk to you guys all about, yes, I'm shuffling papers. Shh, you can't hear me. Um <laughs> Um, our anniversary show is next week, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I mean, it's been 13 years that we've been on the air together here, sharing poetry. And next year or next week, I'm actually going to be sharing with you guys um, the story of how all this came to be. Uh, you know, I, I talk about inspiration a lot, and how everything starts out as a seed. Well. I'll tell the story of the seed that grew into you, into this community, into this uh, collaboration of this place and time and and moment, you know, right now where we're at, how this all came to be, what it started, how it grew into this, you know, and I collaboration, you know, each of you have become a new seed collaborating where this is going to go and everything so yeah <laughs> I will totally unconfuse you all next week on that but we'll tell you the I will tell you the story of the conception of how we ended up growing into where we are right now that's what I wanted to say and uh, oh it's always such a mess before it's I'm trying to take all these notes and I dropped my pen yeah, no way I can pull that off gracefully. There we go. All right, I'm back and I'm ready. Okay, so anyway, yeah, anniversary show next week. Going to be very excited. Want to remind you guys if you are, you know, if you have 13 years is a long time to be on the air, and if you have any stories that you want to share about your time here with us, about you know, read a poem or you know, just talk a little bit about somebody who's inspired you or, you know, what the community's meant to you or, you know, give what giving to the community has meant or, or receiving from the community has meant. You know, it'd be really cool to hear some of those stories uh, to share next week. And, uh, yeah, 13 years, craziness. So 
anyway, yeah, we'll tell the story how we came to be, all that good stuff. I want to let you know that if you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can shoot me over a message on Facebook. It would probably be the easiest. If I'm not on your contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to put together. You can do anywhere from a half hour to a three hour workshop, depending on how much time you need or anything there within. Uh, we can do these pre recorded or as a live program or a combination of both, depending on what your needs are. Uh, you can record these on your computer, edit them, and raise, just send me over the MP3 file if you want to do it that way. You know, I could start out the show with your MP3 file and then come on and do it live. But we could do the whole thing live. You don't have to be a workshop provider in order to do this. We all have something to teach, and we all have something to learn from each other. So just come on and, you know, talk about what you're passionate about, what we're all passionate about, and that's our craft of writing, poetry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it'll be awesome. The next thing I want to do is I want to thank our sponsors for sponsoring us for our 2019 year license, uh, broadcasting license. I want to thank our sponsors real quick because really appreciate you guys keeping us on the air for the last year, helping keep us on the air. And uh, that is James Sapien, Sean Gullickson, Rosalind Prentice, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ronald P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Julia Vargas, and Michael W. Ends with. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you guys all chipping in last year and helping towards our broadcasting fees. You're awesome. You're amazing. Next thing I want to do is at the beginning of every show, we always start and end the broadcast with some writing prompts and the such alike. You know, so that if you're, if you're ever sitting there some night and you can't think of anything to write about, all you have to do is just jump on and listen to the first 15 minutes of the show, and you'll have an idea and go off and running. So the first thing I want to give you this week for your uh, prompts is your journal assignment. Now, all of you should have a spiral notebook or a journal or something that you write in with an ink pen. <laughs> so you can drop it on the floor and let it roll around and use it. Um, but write with pen and paper. You know, I don't want this on the computer. I don't want you on a keyboard. I want you you write differently when you write out by hand. And so that's the place I want you in when you do these because they're just meant to be the tree you're writing, I guess. So anyway, so we were talking about free writing for a long time. And I want to kind of move a little bit away from that. And talk about, you know, someone will say, I don't know what to write. And the key is to just write. It doesn't matter if you know what to write. Just write. Write something small every day. You know, the, the journal to, or the, the key to writing is to just write. So the journal assignments that we're going to be doing, and these are meant just for your eyes. This isn't to show anyone. This is your private secret place. You know, these aren't great. You know, so you can just write whatever you want. But what I want, I'm going to give you is I'm going to do, we're, we're going to start focusing on ramblings. 
All right. So I'm going to give you something to ramble on about. And you just open your journal and you just start, you just take off with it and start rambling about that subject. You know, write for about 10 minutes and you're done for the day. But you should be writing every day. And let's just do some ramblings. You know, these aren't meant to turn it, you know, you don't sit down to write a poem and you're not sitting down to write a story. You're just sitting down to write with whatever falls out of your head. All right, so just ramble, just follow whatever, wherever it takes you. And these are a lot of fun to do. Um, the, so the one that I'm going to give you for this week, or for this, yeah, for this week, as we start off on our ramblings, rambling ramblings, is I want you to write about a secret area of expertise that you have or something that you're really good at, something most of your friends and acquaintances don't necessarily know about you, something they would be surprised to learn uh, that you use new tons about or learned that you could do, you know, and, and this one's kind of brought this one up because I've spent the last week doing my canning for the year and I made apple, walnut, maple jam and, and cranberry, apple, orange jam and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, I just had a blast and I, a girlfriend stopped by that has known me for almost 15 years and it blew her mind walking into Betty Crocker's kitchen because she knows I burn everything. We've all seen the pictures of me cooking. The canning is not cooking. So I'm really good at that. And it just, but she never knew that I did that. So, you know, as long as she's known me, she never knew that I was a, a mad mammer jammer. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so this is going to be fun. So I want you to write about something that made me think about that, but write about an area of expertise that you have or something that you're good at that most of your friends and acquaintances wouldn't necessarily know about you. And if there's not really anything, there always is, though. There's always that secret. Yeah. There you, we know. Okay. But if you're going to say there's not something, um, secret area of expertise that you have or whatever, make something up. So, um, something that you do or something that you know about, a special talent you have, um, make it up. You know, I'm I'm really secretly a star hanger. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, that, that you're secret and just make something up and have fun with it. Or twist it around. And this is my, this is what I really, I, I do this a lot naturally, but you could twist it around and people watch. I love people watching. All right. So, you know, what is the, the girl standing at the bus stop? What is her secret? What is she secretly an expertise in? What is her secret talent? What do they do? It would surprise us all if we really knew about that girl at the bus stop, the lady in the lunch line, the male person walking down the street. You know, so we look at these people and we try to figure it out and we just write about that. Have fun. You know, lady at the coffee shop, you know, when you pick up your, your journal, just write that down, lady in the coffee shop, blah, 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 secretly is or secretly does or secretly knows. Um, and the reason that these got, these are, uh, the reason that this type of rambling, this type of writing is so important is it, it, it takes you looking below the obvious. It kind of turns things inside out and backwards to find unique perspectives, unique ways of looking at something. You know, don't write about what the reader can see with their own eyes or imagine on their own. Write something that's going to surprise them, that's going to catch them off guard. 
you know, as writers, I think that we should all strive to do this in our writing. I mean, that's why these exercises are so important. You know, I don't know if you guys do these or not, but if you should. But if not, you should at least find something to do, some some kind of a way to push yourself out of your own boundaries and and be able to, you know, think beyond the obvious, right, about something that they can't see with their own eyes. I think we should all strive to be that type of writer. So that's it for that secret area of expertise you or something you'd like to have or somebody at the lunch line has. Take it off and have just have fun playing with that one this week. Then your writing exercise. Your writing exercise is kind of something that's pushing, going to push you out of your comfort zone. It's going to make you look at things differently, really challenge yourself. You know, and these are absolutely not, this is when you're, you're you know, this is America with her skirt up. You know, this is you in the gym all sweaty. You know, you're not trying to look good. You're just, you're, you know, that's what these exercises are. That's why you should approach them with that mindset, you know, that, that, you know, it's you and this, this 2,000 pound barbell of an idea, you know, and how far can you push it? How hard can you work it? All right. So that's the way these exercises should be. So I'm really going to start looking at, we're going to change up on those just a little bit and start doing some more technical stuff because the technical stuff as, as modern writers, um, you know, we don't always think or do technical writing as a norm for most of us. <laughs> so I really want to kind of look at some of those things that are going to make us push and think in that direction, you know, take an idea and completely make you shake it up and look at it and, and make it messy. So this one's going to be crazy weird, but I really want you to try this because it is really fun. Nobody likes anybody to mess with their writing, right? I write a poem. Don't come over here and tell me how to edit it. You're going to have some fun kind of doing that with yourself, you know, so you can be both the fiercely don't mess with my words and the I'm going to come in there and just mess this all up, you know, you can be both sides of that and, and really enjoy the the challenge in that. Um, but I want you to take, so you'll understand when I give you this. So your writing exercise that's going to make you think more technically and precisely is I want you to look at, uh, pick out three of your longest poems. So three poems have you written that you've written that are your longest poems. And I want you to read them and, and really kind of read them. Try to push yourself back to the mindset that you were in when you wrote them. Okay. And I want you to try to root out your core meaning. The, the, the message, the one concise pinpoint message of that entire poem. And then I want you to rewrite that poem in the form of a haiku. It's three lines, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. So take your longest poem and try to strip it back to its absolute rawest nerve. I dare you guys to do that one. You guys will have so much fun and you will not believe the the whole experience of, of looking at something that way 
it's going it's just going to be like a brain dance i promise please try that one <laughs> all right pick three of your longest poems and read them and really dissect them down to your absolute raw nerve and all ends there message and then write it in the form of a haiku you guys won't do that one Oh, so please do that one. Seriously. <laughs> okay. All right. Next, I'm going to give you two poetry prompts. Really excited about those because these, is when, these are when I have to push you into getting more technical. These are actually seeds being planted. And anytime we're planting a seed, we're expecting something to grow. So you're writing extra, your, excuse me, your next two poetry prompts. Those are both seeds being planted, and the end results are supposed to be a written poem, something you've worked on, something you can share. I'm actually writing a piece to the, the idea. So in saying that, your poetry prompt, it can be the title to your poem. It can be a line in your poem. It can be the general concept of your poem. You know, you can make it a doppelganger and be the exact opposite. And ironically, it really means that. <laughs> um but it has to, the idea has to stem from this seed and grow into a poem. So that's what these prompts are. And remember when you look at your prompts, don't, like we talked earlier, this is why we're working on our rambling. You know, look beyond the obvious. You know, it's, it isn't as important what is produced by a prompt. What's important is everything that happens to that prompt before it gets there. You know, so dissect it. Look for you look for all the different ways you can twist it and turn it and pretzel it and distort it to bend to your will and to your purpose and to your idea. So take the prompts and just have fun with them. <laughs> I sound so feral and mean tonight, don't I? Rack's like rah <laughs> just punch it in the face, throat punch it and see what it gives you back. <laughs> okay, so this this can be the title, a line in, or the concept of the poem. But your first poetry prompt for tonight is certain girls. Certain girls. Okay. Title, a line in, or the concept of, or poetry prompt, certain girls. Then the next one we're going to do in your two prompts for the night is this is the that's my line prompt and it's a borrowed line of poetry out of someone's poem that read last week so the prompt for this week that was read last week is what you think the beast what you or what think you sorry excuse me what think you the beast what think you the beast? So, the title of, a line in, the concept of, what think you the beast? And that came from Granville. He shared that line with us last week. So there you go. Those are your writing exercises and prompts and, and journal assignments and and all of that. I hope you have fun with them. And uh, that, yeah, that you do them. <laughs> There's an incentive to doing your homework. I'll tell you about that in a minute. 
<laughs> okay. So the next thing that I want to do is play an audio track. Now, we always start and end every episode with a uh, audio track at the beginning and at the end. So if you would like to have yours played on the Speakeasy Cafe, you can email those to me at the, the word does in the title, T-H-E, the Speakeasy Cafe at gmail.com. That's the Speakeasy Cafe at gmail.com. And put MP3 audio track, uh, recorded poem, whatever, in the subject line for me so that that pops out and grabs me. We can get those uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. Now, the one that I'm going to play this week is I've got got this uh, listed correctly. I want to play this by Kaylee Dixon. And she is going to be doing a piece called A Touch of Sexual Assault. And if I wrote my notes right, this girl that wrote this is 14 years old. Okay. That's Kaylee Dixon. She's 14 years old. And and it's a piece that she wrote uh, called A Touch of Sexual Assault. So that's what we're going to start the show with. Hang on one moment. We'll get it. There we From go. From the age of 12, we were told that if boys pulled our hair or poked us with pencils, it meant that they liked us. But we didn't like it that much. We were 13 years old when we would walk down the street and had men look from our feet to our face, and we'd listen as they completely replaced our identity from human to object. As they said cringeworthy things to us, we wanted to run. We were frozen in place but continued walking fast-paced turning on whatever sidewalk was closest just to get away, even if it didn't lead us in the way that we were originally going. Because Mama always said, if you see a strange man following you, you go to the other side of the street, and remember if they ever grab you, scream. And there's something we had to learn at the age of 13 because we are just young fiends. We were spanked by the boys at our school, but it was cool because it just meant we had nice bodies. And they rated our bodies on a scale from 1 to 10. And if you were a 10, you would learn to spend your days seeing whistles, purring, and damn girls. Because if you were a damn girl, then that meant you weren't a damn girl at all. You were just a toy labeled, do whatever you want to me, even though I don't agree. And we had to watch what we wore because if too much shoulder was showing, we had to change our clothing because it distracted the boys from their learning. So the only thing that we were learning were tips and tricks to tie up our shirt so that it didn't hang too low. Because that would show the guys that we wanted. Because wearing shorts and tank tops meant that we were flaunting it. So when we were 16, we screamed because the men that followed us on the sidewalks finally caught up to us. We quietly said, please don't touch us there. We know we're asking for it by wearing these heels, but we just feel so uncomfortable, so stop. But that meant go. We said no, but that meant yes. So they grabbed us and unzipped our dress. They threw us down where our dignity sank lower than the ground. They hovered over us and we pleaded for them to stop. They got on top, and you don't need to know the rest because we are some of the 68% of victims that will never tell a soul, so we'll just grab our dresses and go home, take a few showers, and try to get some sleep. In the morning, we will pick out the outfit that is most discreet because we want to make sure that no other man from the street thinks we look sweet enough to want a taste. We want to make sure we are as covered as possible so that our identities are not replaced with walking candy. And we will sit at the back of class where nobody will ask how our weekend was because if they ask, we might just burst into tears. And we will live in fear. We will run home so that we will never see the same men again that wait for us to be alone. We went from little boys poking us to men provoking us. 
We went from little boys pulling our ponytails to watching the trail of tears fall down our pillow every night because we knew once we fell asleep we would see the men in our dreams, no sorry, nightmares that caught up to us on the sidewalk that night and left us bare. We went from playing with our toys to being toys ourselves. So boys will be boys and us women will never tell. Thank you. You know, I cannot believe that she's 14 years old and wrote a piece as powerful as that, you know. Because I remember, I know, I know the girls who who felt that way. You know that what that that them being female made them a victim. And it's really funny because all my life growing up, I was kind of like the paladin. If somebody was getting picked on in school, I didn't care who it was, I would jump in. You know, I just. There, there's ways you treat humanity. There's ways you treat each other. And when it wasn't that way, I couldn't stop. You know, I couldn't just let it happen. And so I grew up more understanding not that being a female made me a victim, but that being female was my superpower. You know, and so... There's so many times in my life where I I used my femininity to stand between those and who would hurt the ones where it made them the victim. And maybe that's something I should write about sometime or try to explain it a little better. But um, I, I hear her read that, you know, and know that, what, you know, but just as a power in what she wrote. That's Kaylee Dixon. Make sure you jump over on YouTube and check out her video of her doing that piece. It is absolutely incredible. Make sure you subscribe to her channel, Kaylee Dixon, 14, and that was a touch of sexual assault. So next, I want to give you the number again. We are listening to the Speakeasy Cafe, Open Mic Poetry Show, and the number to call in tonight, as we'll be getting to our callers in just a moment, is you call in to 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. We'll be taking callers and doing tracks throughout the night. If you are on hold and you're going to come on and read with us tonight, then this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 540. Hi, 540 is our first caller for the night. So listen for your telephone area code, and you'll know that we're bringing you on. When I bring you on, please, it is very, very important that you introduce yourself, okay? I make sure that you say, hi, this is me, and... This is what I'm going to read tonight. You know, it's important that people know who you are, know who is reading, so they can come over and, and uh, you know, get to know you and everything like that. You want to make sure that you, you know, people know who you are, and you want to make sure that your name's attached to your work. You don't want to send it out in the world and, and not have your name on it. That's never good. So, yeah, make sure, please, that you introduce yourself when you first come on. Then you can do one, uh, you can actually, looking at the word, you'll be okay starting with two poems tonight. If you'd like to have two pieces ready to read, you can read two. If the lines get too busy later on and we need to cut that back a little bit, I'll let you know at that time. Otherwise, you're, you're good to read two. Now, I mentioned doing your homework is important because the exception to the one poem rule, say the lines got really super busy. 
and we had 100 people waiting online to call and, and, and read. They've called and they're waiting to read, all right? And we're only doing one poem each. But you brought your homework with you or you brought your writing prompt with you or you brought something that was inspired by it with you to read on the show. Then you get to do your homework piece. You get to share that with us. And then you get to read your regular poems. You can read two poems. So if you bring your homework, you get to read your homework and a poem, even when we're doing just one call or one poem. So, uh, yeah, some incentive there. (laughs) I'm blackmailing you into into doing your homework. Oh, I'm a good teacher. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, make sure you introduce yourself. Do two poems, two poems right now. You can do two, and then make sure that you give out when you're done reading. Make sure you give out your URL. It's real important that people know how to come find you, know how to, you know, if you inspire them and and they want to read more of your work or reach out to you or they, you know, they're just. It's really important to build that writer's network for yourself. You know that you build that community around yourself of of, you know people who connect that way. So it's really important. Make sure you let people know how to find you. And then please remember tonight that we have a mature rating. That means you really are bound to hear just about anything on here. You guys are nuts. (laughs) So, you know, just expect anything. And uh, that's what you'll probably get. Uh, With the exception of hardcore erotica, no no adult porno poems, you know, no bumping body parts, tab A and the slot B. Don't get too graphic. Other than that, you're good to go. Just about anything. I'm going to give our first three callers before we get started so you know where you are in the lineup and you can be ready. And remember, right now we are doing two poems. So we have our first caller, which is from area code 540. Then we have area code 989 and then 903. Okay, so listen for your telephone area code. We'll get into the first three in just a moment. Let's go ahead and grab our first caller once again from 540. 540, you're on the air. Hey, this is Philip Church down in Virginia. <laughs> I knew it was you, Philip. <laughs> yeah, I got to be first again. <laughs> so how are you doing? What's going on down there? Uh, very cold. Uh, we're supposed to kind of start moderating tomorrow but uh, we saw wind chills here uh, just a couple nights ago that was uh, right at or below zero (laughs) which is kind of unbelievable because about what three weeks before that we saw temperatures in the 90s you guys still get a lot of humidity there in the air don't you oh yeah so you guys when it gets really cold like that you guys get that horror frost on the plants and yeah. everything that that goes sideways, yeah. it looks like fuzzy porcupines. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, there's so much moisture in here. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's some real naughty frost down there, people. <laughs> How funny! Um, yeah, but that's gorgeous stuff. That's really magical. That's like a, the world overnight turns into a fairyland. You know, it, it really, I didn't appreciate it growing up. I probably 
which I'm not sure what kid would, you know, but, uh, you know, in, in my that adult was me. Years, I was that kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, me too, you know, and, and uh, but when I, 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 I left here in uh, 89 and was, lived up in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati area for about 22, 23 years and then came back. And it, it just kind of blew my mind uh, being back here, having a, being a resident back here again in the mountains, just the the majesty of it all and the beauty of it all. And, and just like you say, you know, you can go uh, on a road and, and uh, drive around a turn. It looks like you've turned into uh, some you know, Wonderland or Fantasyland, all depending on you know, what's going on. Inside, the of, inside of a Shakespeare play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting you bring that up. So the last week or so, that's kind of what I've been sort of steeping myself in my Shakespeare, which, you know, that's one of my, my favorite things. And uh, watched a, a, a bunch of things about the... the uh, uh, the, the argument was the guy that we know, William Shakespeare, the guy that actually wrote the plays, or was it uh, the, uh, the what was it, the Earl of Oxford? The Earl. The yeah. So, and I hate to say it, but the more I look at it, I'm I'm becoming more of a Oxfordian. I think <laughs> I'm starting to kind of come down in that camp that uh, uh, it was uh, it was a, a, a pen name more than anything else, but. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I've, I've been kind of. I guess when I get kind of down, or um, which you know, I kind of I deal with a, a, a medical condition, gets me down a lot sometimes, and it's great to kind of go back to my my first loves and steeping myself in them as far as my poetry and writing goes, and certainly, you know, uh, discovering Shakespeare as an adult man. Unfortunately, uh, I, I, I didn't. You know, really discover Shakespeare until I guess I was about middle age at that time. But it, it really kind of gets the juices flowing, if you know what I mean, the creative juices. Mhm. Mhm. Well, yep, I do. It's a language I understand. Is the Shakespearean form of language is the language I speak inside my head that no one else can hear. So when I hear it, it's like I'm hearing my own language. I love. I love that style of writing. Well, you know, whoever it was that was holding the quills that originally penned those words, especially, I, I think, uh, for me, Hamlet, you know, whoever penned Hamlet knew what it was like to be depressed, knew what it was like to maybe even have suicidal ideations and things. And uh, just if give that voice, you know, was just it just amazes me that any human being could have done that. You know, you you say you brought up suicidal and you know, that's really uh pertinent because if you look at his writings and you know that Tempest was his last works, that is basically his big fuck you to the world. I mean, in yeah. his works he's he's amazing at at kicking us in the face and having us cheer and say thank you because we don't realize we've just been kicked in the face. His writing, when you dissect it, is, is all laughing at us. 
telling us how ridiculous we are in the things that we do and our rituals and our, our rules and our blah, blah. I mean, you know, our humanity. I mean, he just kicks humanity in the teeth throughout everything that he writes. He's laughing at us, you know. And so the Tempest, if you have that mindset, if you go into watching or reading the Tempest with the idea of that's what's going on, it's like the Tempest is the biggest, you know, kick in the teeth and goodbye letter ever to our, to how stupid we are as, I mean, our prejudices and everything. Well, he he kind of lays it out, you know, for me, we talked about uh, we were the poor players. We fret and strut our hour upon the stage, but uh, we're really sound and fury signifying nothing, you know, uh, which that's kind of a, I don't know, maybe not the, the best way to, to to have a, it's not a positive attitude to have oneself, that's for sure. But I, I think that we should have that uh, humility within us that we can say, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've, I've done a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And, you know, I've, I've had my time and, um, uh, I wanted to make sure that my time uh, would be more than sound and fury, you know, signifying nothing. I used to make tombstones for a living, as you know, when I was a kid. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sandblast them. It takes about three minutes. (laughs) You know, that's all all you end up leaving behind is this big rock that somebody took all three minutes to... uh, to inscribe your important information, and I, I, I got a one of my poems is called Stones, and uh, the moral of it at the very end, the last line says, "Leave more than a stone," and that's what I try to do with my writing and my poetry. You know, that's my, mm-hmm. that's what I'm, that's my legacy and all. And uh, speaking of which, I guess I ought to get on with it now. I, I'm going to, uh, you, you may not know it. I don't know if I've ever brought it up. And I, I've I've only read a couple on here, but uh, some of the things that I write most are Christian poems, or religious poems. And uh, I actually did a little book called Vespers that had some of my religious poems in it. So if it's okay, the two I've got uh, are kind of religious, but uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do them. <laughs> so if it's offensive okay. to anybody, I won't mean it to me. <laughs> So uh, the first one uh, is uh, a poem in two octave stanzas, which basically is just two stanzas of eight lines of verse each, and it's called A Morning Prayer. Father in heaven, today's a new day, and before I begin it, it's the day you've made, so I will rejoice being glad in it. Thanks for bringing me to this day and how you treat me with all the blessings you've given on this day that greet me. The blessings I embrace and the ones I know nothing about. All you allow while denying me what I'm better off without. As the dark night's dew vanishes with the sun's adorning, so it is with my sin, for your mercy is fresh every morning. Lord, please help and strengthen me as I go through this day to be more the person you'd have me be in all I do and say, putting the new creature on, choosing your will over mine, 
bearing fruit pleasing to you as a branch of your true vine. Help me be renewed in my mind when all's said and done, so that I will be more conformed to the image of your Son. And please meet my needs and wants according to your will today, as I treat others as you'd have me do. In Jesus' name I pray. That's the end of the poem. That was beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. That was beautiful. Uh, well, this last one is uh, is kind of funny because you know what chat books are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I first found out what they were, I actually made a homemade chat book using construction paper. <laughs> I, I actually did this and, and made 24 of them, printed 24 of them out. And this was the, the last uh, poem in those. And uh, uh, it, it's kind of a, a bit of a signature poem of mine. And uh, it's, it's titled The Poet, and it's one octave stanza. So it's just one stanza of eight lines. And uh, But here it goes, the poet. My life was rough as a cob. Each day was a battle. Then I heard the warning, just like a snake's rattle. Now the war's all over, and I've got sweet victory. I finally met the enemy, and the enemy was me. Now, all of our days are like a story written above, recorded in the book of life, verse inscribed with love. God is the author of our faith, so we just have to show it. Our lives can be just like a poem if we let him be the poet. In poem. Absolutely love it. Just such a fan of your son. Oh, thank you. You know, Um, I really, you're one of those people I sincerely, honestly wished lived next door to me. And I would give (laughs) anything in the world to be able to come over and sit with you and your girl on the front porch watching fireflies and discuss Shakespeare. Mm. I mean, there's so many things that, well, just what we were talking about, Sparked Alive and all these ideas, and it's like, I want to talk to you about them, but I can't because we have to read poetry. But I would just love to sit there and talk to you about the theories and that. But I want to give you this. I want you to watch The Tempest. I want okay. you to think about Shakespeare putting himself, Caliban, in this piece, Caliban is Shakespeare. Okay. Okay. And I'll let you make your own conclusions from there. I won't take you down my thought. But um, Shakespeare's two characters in that play. There's the public him and there's who he is really inside his head. You know? And so you talked about the suicide letter where he goes back you know, where he goes back into the... Oh, I, can't, I can't tell you that part of my theory. Um, but there's there's parts in there where him and the other character in the play that you have to figure out who it is go back and forth on their ideas, pushing each other. And I think 
when Caliban does his soliloquy where he says, be not afeard, the aisle is full of noises, sounds and sweet airs that give delight and hurt not. That whole soliloquy that he reads there is him yeah. describing what's like inside his head and his world. Yeah, that's, you know? you know, that's from, this, this, I know, right? So much, <laughs> well, well, so much of our culture, Western civilization, uh, you know, has come forth. I mean, there has been no equal to Shakespeare. And the way that he can express, I don't know what you would call it, the human condition. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly. Yeah, explore what it is to be human in all these different aspects, from the villainous to the to the idiot to the <laughs> you know the regal and the, the heroic and uh, there, he does he has no equal and those those words uh, they are just golden you know so I uh, mm-hmm. I have found that I am a much better poet for reading. Shakespeare, certainly, uh, you know, I love, my love for sonnets, as you know, I taught that the workshop on sonnets. Uh, mm-hmm. That Shakespeare wrote 154 sonnets, and there's a mystery to this day that the dark lady uh, that he mentions in those sonnets, uh, who she was, and 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 all. But that that you know, if you want to write sonnets. Read some of Shakespeare's 154 sonnets, and that that's like uh, the master class in sonnet writing. They're all in iambic pentameter. It's, it's also the master class in doing spoken word. Yeah, it really is. And, and, uh, and taking yourself from the difference of being someone who reads a poem to someone who is a performance artist. You right. Know, you, if you study Shakespeare and understand that, there's not a better tool in the world, I think, than that to teach someone who reads poem to be a spoken word artist. There, okay. Can you guys tell that I'm a Shakespeare nerd? I so am. I can't even tell you. I can't even start to tell you. Philip, you were amazing tonight, hon. Uh, well, thank you. And, uh, put put so the coffee on because I'm coming over to see you and the missus sometime, and we're going to sit on the porch and talk about Shakespeare. Well, my missus, my, my girlfriend, uh, for lack of a better thing, my rediscovered love, she lives in a town four hours from me. So we 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 might all have to meet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I could think of nothing better. You know, uh, I would uh, I would love to have uh, a, a group of uh, like-minded people here in the Blacksburg area uh, to to talk Shakespeare, to write poetry, and uh, that's something I've, you know, and I, I wanted the, the book that I, I'm still editing that's waxing poetic, a, a poetry primer by Philip Church that teaches how to write poetry, you know. That would be the textbook I would use for it. So that's still something I'm hoping to do in the future. But uh, I, uh, I, you know, I can I cannot think of what a terrible life I would be living now and would have been living since 2012 had not I been blessed with poetry and it happened that quick one day 
I had never written a poem in my life, didn't know how to write a poem, and the next day I was writing poetry, and some of it I was actually doing it in iambic pentameter, didn't even realize it. And it, mm-hmm. I, I just, it just has never stopped. It's like a dam burst open, and it's uh, it's just never stopped. So uh, what I'd like to do is plug my uh, poetry book, and you can find these by their titles on Amazon. I'm going to give you two of them, you guys, if you're interested. First are my collected works, and uh, the, the title of the book is uh, Poet, Prophet, Outlaw, Sage, the collected works of Philip Church, Poet, Prophet, Outlaw, Sage, and the other one is entitled in search of an eternal buzz. <laughs> Awesomeness. Uh, quite different, but uh, either one of those would do. So in search of an eternal buzz, uh, or you can uh, get the, the whole collected works, uh, Poet, Prophet, Outlaw, Sage. And of course, on, on Amazon, you can probably find it anymore. You can. I, I've realized that my books are showing up on Barnes and Nobles and everywhere else. So, you could probably find me through those too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I need to sell some books, y'all. So, my cats need shoes, and the sons of mine, my shoes are too big, and all, all those other reasons why. You know, no applause, just throw money. <laughs> Just throw money. <laughs> With that, I shall bid adieu. <laughs> Just as uh, Hamlet's uh, ghostly father, and uh, hopefully to see you next week on the uh, anniversary show. I know I'm so excited about the anniversary show. Remember to write a poem for the community. No, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something special. I'll shamelessly push you all. I don't care. <laughs> all right, Philip. Love you so much, sweetheart. And uh, I look forward to talking to you next week, baby. Hi, I love you too. Love all you at the Speakeasy Cafe. All right, honey. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Okay. Our next caller is going to come from... Area code nine uh, is nine eight nine. Let's nine eight nine. Are you with me? I am with you. This is George Wiley. Hey, George. How are you, sweetheart? Pretty good. Pretty good. I wasn't feeling so good last week at this time, but uh, I uh, all it was was I don't know what it was. It's just you know just didn't feel good, and I'm back to full strength. I think mentally. Maybe as long as I can still remember my name and where the coffee cup is, uh, I'm I'm alive. <laughs> Hard to follow um, Philip because you know I've never met him, but it, in in both of these uh, phone-in shows that are popular, I I've heard him many times, seen stuff online and a lot of poetry and all the rest. So um, he's one of my heroes, and uh, I. Uh, don't know how you follow him with a rookie like me. Um, oh. <laughs> but, uh, you are unique. Anyway. You are the only creature in this existence of all infinities that could write and make what you make. 
No one else can do that. You are the only person who can create what you create. Well, well. So, that's, so that's, you, I, I think that's you are encouraging. standalone strong, baby. <laughs> even if, even if it's junk, huh? <laughs> no, no. Um, I I understand, and and I I don't you know I I just wanted a question before I start reading. Um, just a quick one. Um, you're talking about coming up on your on your anniversary show and all those years mm-hmm. and all that. And it occurred to me earlier. Um, I'm wondering when just before the clock strikes the hour and you pick up you know start talking to all of us is do you still get butterflies i it's funny you asked i was just talking about that with a friend of mine the other day i actually have a horrific fear of speaking in front of people which is really funny because i've worked in radio since i was 19 years old um Uh but and, and even though it's on the radio and i'm not in front of anybody i still know you're all there and so yes i i have um so much anxiety right before the show starts. And so, you know, I've said this before, if you listen to a show from five years ago, from seven years ago, from 10 years ago, the beginning of the show is exactly the same. I always do it the same because if I can go live on the air and get through that first five minutes, then that's my break point and I can exhale and then I'm fine for the rest of the show. I mean, I'm fine sitting here now. There's nothing, you know, but it's it's that initial yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if you didn't get, I guess if you didn't get some butterflies and some some anticipation, then you probably would lose some of the edge you have. But by that I mean, you're, you know, you want that sort of pent up energy, even if it's disguised as fear or apprehension. <laughs> but um, if once you get blasé about it, you probably lose your edge, right? You know, I anyway. I think that there is a blandness. There can be blandness in too much confidence, I guess is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be exciting. you got to keep some excitement in it. And uh, I know I... <laughs> so I tune in every I week when I make a fool out of myself, you guys, because we have fun here. <laughs> we did have some to laugh about. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like watching oh, the host fall apart. <laughs> yeah, really, right? It really can be fun. Or get lost. You know, okay. I'm sitting there talking to you about something so profound and amazing. Yeah. And then I have no idea what I was saying. I just, it just yeah. goes, oh, squirrel. Oh, butterfly. Oh, shiny object. Yeah, what was <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I've got, um, the two I'm going to read tonight are quite different, and they're not nearly as, as hopeful as. Uh, Phillips stuff is, but one is one is um, about current events, if you will, or current people in the news. It's called Without a Whiff of Empathy. A building lack of trust, a walking bag of corruption. Daily lies are a must. Deep lack of education. A compulsive large obsession and growing paranoia. Pervasive tunnel vision, the smell of megalomania. Empty, insulting blindness, rampant narcissism, a startling lack of confident kindness, all the signs of fascism, fully spoiled with self-awareness, without a whiff of empathy, bereft of any forgiveness, endless crying for sympathy, getting to the top with money, worshipping himself, 
demanding all blind loyalty, respecting only wealth, breaks all the leadership rules, thinks the world is looking to him, but it's fuel for a ship of fools. The reality rip time is flowing in. A house he built is one of cards. His lives were built of straw. A heartless lion without regards must turn to feel the law. End of peace. Wow. George, that was incredible. Well, thank you. I haven't read too many uh, of my political things. I always have a little, especially in the last couple few years. Well, I've only been writing poetry for three years. But in the last two or so, (laughs) quite a a lot of, uh, I've read quite a lot of uh, political stuff because, you know, I guess it's how I'm sensitized as a history uh, professor. Uh, well, anyway, I uh, am aware of how each each of these decades, each of these presidents, each of these congresses and such, and, and cultural, cultural thing, um, I'm somewhat aware anyway of um, how they fit together and how they shape up and what the impetus is. And also, I'm a big founder of, big founder, yeah, a big supporter of the founders and their ideas and the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And when I see um, what I found, and I promise to get done talking about politics very quickly here, but when I see what I, what I think is more than just party politics, it has to do with, with democracy, then I start to get all riled up and have been for a mm-hmm. couple of years. But you didn't have me call in just for that. <laughs> I think the whole party system needs to be abolished because it's nothing but one big gang war that is so outdated and whose yeah, foundings well, are so antiquated. Yeah, it, the system today, um, whether it was intended that way or not, but it makes you line up with one or the other. There's, right now in this country, there's almost no middle ground. There's, if you're a member there's of a certain party... There's big money in middle ground, though. There's big money. That's how, most, that's how most people make their fortune that are in that step. Because there's big money yeah. in that 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 gray space between, you know, the two sides. Yes, they feed is. off of each other. The shift of power is like two gang wars. You know, they have these blocks this week, and it's really profitable. And they get pushed back, and they lose them. And I mean, sure. it's been that way. You know, the the whole party system is just totally messed up because there's too many people who won't educate themselves and will blindly right. follow right. a party, the hoopla, their and sheep. They- you know, and you can't be. They, so, okay, that's my preach for the night. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> my piece, the second one is uh, is called, What Does It Mean to Be Alone? He sees only the dust balls on the floor in the late afternoon sun. Hearing a car door close, he hopes someone is visiting. He watches cold clouds pass over with no concern for him. He gets a shudder when he sees people hand in hand. What does it mean to be alone? To think everything ahead is sliding downhill. To seek out someone to talk with in a waiting room. To bubble over with way too much stuff when someone listens. As if he must get it all in before they escape him. What does it mean to be alone? To find himself blaming others for his loneliness. To reset. To resent, resent those who passed before him and left him alone. To realize he's getting way too much depression sleep. He leaves his tasks undone, seeking busyness later. 
what does it mean to be alone? To pretend he is too busy to do things when asked and realizes the contact he so desires is the one he also fears. To do things without purpose, without a product, without a goal, to pretend those daily rituals add life, add value to his life. What does it mean to be alone? He watches two school children pass, backpacks askew, laughing their way to a busy, noisy house that he resents. Just as he disdains them in the store and so advises the clerk, and as he resents those family members who don't visit or call, what does it mean to be alone? The phone rings. A phone solicitor selling insurance. He doesn't want it or need it, but he listens anyway. He even argues at the caller, a person he knows who will go home tonight to at least someone, someone, anyone. What does it mean to be alone in the peace? Wow. Wow. That was incredible. Well, I, I appreciate that comment. I had, um, I, I had, I was going to make it, you said something in there about the, the phone solicitor. And when you said that, it made me yeah. laugh because at any time I would get a phone solicitor. You know, I couldn't just sit there and hang, say, I'm not interested in hang up. I had to mess with them. Right. Yeah, and right. and so I would pretend like I was an Amway representative trying to recruit them. You know, I don't want that. But you know, you sound like you're you're really sharp, you know, young man, and and I'd like to talk to you about this, you know, business network opportunity. You know, and so the whole time I I just keep turning around and trying, you know, doing the whole, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a bitch. <laughs> I'm that well, bad person know, that does no, that. No, but I get, well, I get the same feeling about phone solicitors myself. Um, and of course, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, it's something I don't have else any, too. Is I don't have anything either. I mean, I don't. I have no feminine. I don't hate them. Anything. It's just like, no. Oh, just, really? You're there. You oh, the world's a toy. I'm gonna play with you now for a minute. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, that's universe, right. you for sending me this toy. <laughs> yeah. You ask them like, how's how's your wife? <laughs> how narcissistic is that? Oh, you send me this human being doing their job. Thank you for this toy that I can just toy with and bat around and have fun with. Thank you. Oh, that's yeah, the most narcissistic thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> um, you know, so, some of those poor blokes that call you, they, it's just, a, can you imagine doing that job? I mean, Mm-mm. it's got to be ugly. Um you know, that's not once in a while I think, hey, poor, you're sitting at a phone bank somewhere for about nine, $8 an hour and you're, if that, and you're uh, told to stand it, stand strong and don't let that caller off the air and, and talk, argue with them and get anything to get their money. And, and then I, I knew a guy who, a young man who uh, um, told me he, for a while he was working a phone bank and some dingy, behind some dingy store in a strip mall in the back room where they had table after table and, New hirees every night because they couldn't keep anybody, you know. And I don't want to put down people who do phoning. Understand? I'm saying it's a, it's a terrible ass job. <laughs> and you gotta, unless if you love that, then you must have a gift that I don't have. But um, I couldn't do that, and I couldn't, I couldn't force myself on people anyway. You know, that's just not my nature. And to go ahead and keep your foot in the door, so to speak. <laughs> I'd be saying, boss, 
after the first night and say, well, it was fun, but that's my last night, too. First and last mm-hmm. night. My... <laughs> anyway, so I don't I want planned, to get That's a comment I planned on making during your – but then, I'll, then you drop that ending line, that, that ending that closes the poem on me right after that, and it was just like yeah. it was a hammer. It just yeah. totally it's like yeah. shook yeah. me. It's like, wow, what? That was incredible. Read when that I, last stanza again for me, would you? Pardon? Read the last the couple lines. Read the last couple lines oh, for me. Yeah, it again. says um, the, the phone rings. A phone solicitor selling insurance. He doesn't want it or need it, but he listens anyway. Even argues that the caller, a person he knows, will go home tonight to at least someone, someone, anyone, but doesn't need to be alone. Yeah, his envy, of course, is that the guy has something to go home to, probably. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't. This character in this poem doesn't. So that's that's. There's a lot. Of, I was gonna comment, and I know I'm way over on my time, but the the um. It's, I, I spent a lot of time in, in, in the hospital and doctor waiting rooms. My wife has had a bunch of illnesses. And um, I'm, I'm, you know, sort of a habitual, I'm in, I'm in waiting rooms twice a week at least. And I, at first I got bubbly and talked to everybody, and then I sort of got, I figured out, I don't know what I figured out, but I, I sort of reversed it. And I noticed that most of the older men and women, not all of them, but most of the older men and women, and I'm one of them, uh, are looking around for something to talk about, think about, and express. And what's even a little bit more, that's fine. That's fine. And they they may, you know, thrive on that. The um, I'm never I'm never rude to them, but sometimes I see one coming and I'm thinking, oh, oh. But the, the um, thing is, that, and they don't really, this, this is, this is the, Shakespeare and me here, they don't really want to hear what the other person's life is like. They want to they want to talk about their life, and it's an indictment, I suppose, for everybody my age. But they, you know, how are you means how long before I can tell you about how bad I am, and <laughs> uh, you know, and and, and that, that probably sounds too cynical because I really do care about people, but I, I. I see that out there, and maybe it's the you know social observer in me that makes me write poetry too. But um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I have friends who are really rude to older people who want to bring up a um, a, a conversation in, let's say, a dentist's waiting room. And I think mm-hmm. that's not. Don't get in either. my bubble. Yeah. Well, you know why? Yeah, you know why we get offended is because you know our keyboards don't talk back to us unless they want them to. We don't have to jump, you know, to attention when, you know, we, we can just sit there and we control it. We're in such control when we're at the computer. But here's somebody randomly what? interfaces with us and we can't push a button and make it stop. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's really weird is since, since, the, since we all dove into our, um, our cell phones for, the, for every place we go, now permanently and in deeply embedded or cell phones everywhere, it's gay, it has given – the people who don't want to talk excuse to look away. I mean, we used to stare. Well, we I used to bring a book, of course. That's that's my favorite thing. But um, we used to stare at a book or a magazine, or, or we'd actually look up and look around and see what's going on, and that would cause someone to say, "Oh, real? 
the, mm-hmm. the beginning is the beginning of the end, you know. Um, well, hey, I I really ran to that and I uh, didn't mean to, uh, but I enjoyed this and uh, I will. Uh, I read, yeah, I read both of them, so I will move aside and let somebody else go. Tell everyone how they can find you, hen. Oh yes, um, I just published a book called um, "Why Did I Remain in the Garden." Um, it's by George Wiley. Excuse me. It's on Amazon. Why did I remain in the garden? A poetry book. Uh, I'm on uh, allpoetry.com a little. I'm on um, a couple, three uh, Facebook poetry pages, and I'm in a couple of anthologies, and that's about it. You need to tell me how I can pay you for copies of your books. And I can oh, have I you But you know what happened is you what? tried to give me your address, and for some reason it wouldn't take. So, but now I've changed it so you can, if you go on to Facebook to me, uh-huh. you can you can message me, you know, private message me uh, mm-hmm. with your address, and I'll mail you a copy out there. Okay. So if you and then if you want put you if you have a PayPal account or something like that, just put that email in there for me so I can send you the money for it. Okay. I may or may not ask you for the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on and Christmas is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um All right, sweetheart. You. Great job tonight. Thank right. you, George. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye bye, hun. Awesomeness. Shakespeare kind of seems to be the theme of the night. Our next caller comes from area code. If you guys are influenced at all, if you have any Shakespeare stories, let's, let's go ahead and throw them out there tonight. You want to? Throw, whatever. Anyway, 903. 903, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you doing? Hey, how are you, my darling? Ah. Please take all phones on silent <laughs> and, and extinguish all fanable objects. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Uh, the telemarketer, uh, I still could have amwayed him on the air. Why did I do that? Why did I hang up? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Eric. Hi. This is Eric Shellman. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great, honey. How are you? I'm doing good. You sound good. It's another day. It's kind of been uh, cold and hot, cold and hot here. It's kind of cold and wet right now. Nobody and likes usually that. Usually it's hot. Well, uh, I got two pieces, and uh, since it was Veterans Day yesterday, or not yesterday, my bad. <laughs> It was Veterans Day on Monday. I wrote a poem about that. And my other poem is kind of about Veterans Day, too. So, you ready? I am. All right. United States of America's Veterans Day. Sing of them and to them. Commemorate them. Give praise unto them. Offer gratitude to them by shaking their hands and thanking them for their service for our country, put in Amer- put the American flag, the POW, 
and each military branch's flags at half-mast on a flagpole, write down their stories and share them with others in speeches, poetry, and prose, read their experiences during the war and their own poetry and prose to get a better understanding exactly what they went through, allow active duty and reservist military service men and women and veterans to eat for free at certain restaurants on Veterans Day, have military discounts to show them appreciation for their services, offer aid to the veterans that want to commit suicide every day, offer aid to all the homeless veterans as well, realize that shell shock and post-traumatic stress disorder are both real things to most every veteran, but they are trying to learn to cope and not mope about it. Have ceremonies with food for them. Have parades for them. Do 21 gun salutes for them. Exonerate them for their sacrifices and hardships throughout war and still surviving throughout it. To every living, living active duty reservist, an Army soldier, Navy sailor, Air Forceman, and Marine veterans from whichever wars they fought in for their freedoms and ours never forget what these men and women have done for us and especially our country they put themselves in harm's way in order to protect our country and our freedoms without their sacrifices the united states of america probably wouldn't be as it is as it is as it is oh, hang on this messed up probably wouldn't be as it currently is and has been since its beginnings as a as a United States of America's Navy veteran I definitely feel and care for the welfare of all active duty reservist military service members and veterans that are all suffering and that aren't receiving what they were promised in their contracts when they when they signed up to join the military that's in peace that is awesome I was trying to, I don't know if you were here and heard the uh, exercises and stuff I gave at the beginning of the show, but one of them was to take one of your, read one of your long poems, find the core meaning, and then rewrite that long poem into a, a haiku, three lines, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. So to take that long poem and re, do it a rewrite and make it that concise. You know, so it really makes you into a haiku. Yeah. So you, if you took that whole thing, that whole concept, you know, and so I'm sitting there when I was (laughs) listening, listening to you do that because you're really good at these descriptive poems. um, I was thinking, how would I turn this into a haiku? And so listening to the poem, it's like the core, the core for me on that poem was, you know, all these things that we do what we should do, that we're supposed to do, that we tell us we should do for the vet. You know, have a big party. You know, do this, do that. These are all things that we tell ourselves that we should do for the vet. But what the vet really wants is just for us to stop looking through him. Right. You know, Precisely. To, and to see him. You know, to not, to not pretend like he's not there. You know? Yeah. Right. 
And and that I mean and that I, to me is like the core. I would write a haiku about that. About don't right. do the things that you think that I should do. Or that don't yeah. do things you think you should do to make me feel important. Do what I need to do. Right. In order to feel important. Yeah, I definitely will do to that. See me, to see me. Right. Are you going to yeah, read two tonight, my darling? Yes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. The second one is called War Is. And it's uh, another war poem, of course. <laughs> All right. You ready? I am. Okay. War Is. War is unkind to servicemen, women, animals, flora, fauna, nature's terrains, seas, atmospheres, and everything else. War is unjust and unethical to everyone. War is the slaughtering of innocent, young, and old men and women of both sides, which are fighting for their leader's version of freedom, or simply protecting themselves from their so-called enemies. Wars fought on both domestic and foreign lands. Wars authorized and legalized mass murder on of both sides. War is an inedible necessary evil in order to be free. War is beyond expensive monetarily, mentally, physically, psychologically, death stat and casualty status states. Uh stats, sorry, I messed up. Versus uh Survival set. War is heartbreaking, heart-wrecking, and heart-wrenching to the servicemen, to the parents, lovers, wives, husbands, and children of servicemen on both sides. War is caused by several different variables, usually for economic and territorial gain, religion, nationalism, revenge, civil war, revolutionary, being defensive, ethnic cleansing, and other ideological mass killings, globalism, world domination, and so many others. War is fought by young and old men and women as either draftees or volunteers. War is ugly. War is horrific. War is traumatic. War is dramatic. War is psychologically scarring. War is terrifying. War is... Oh, hang on. My phone just... Hang on a second. War is brutal, war is common, war is unpopular, war is propagated, war is hated, war is detrimental, war is immoral, war war is sometimes manufactured, war is unpreventable, war is fighting for your and their commander-in-chief's ideologies, whether you like it or not, war is glorified, war is sometimes created by opposing forces in order to gain something from one another. War is everything I mentioned above and so much more. War is not a favorite of mine. However, as a as a United States Navy veteran and having lots of veterans in my family as well, there is no harm in honoring and respecting the young and old men and women who died in, in war for us and those that didn't die in battle but still served in the military for all of us. That's in peace. That was phenomenal, my darling. Two great reads. Well, thank you tonight. so much. And thank you so much, and thanks for having me. 
I'm gonna try to be here for the the uh you're having uh the anniversary celebration show for your reunion, yeah. right? Yeah, thirteen year anniversary. All right, and I missed it last year. I'm sorry. And I actually wrote <laughs> something too, so I'll have to pull it up. I got it written down on pen and paper. I know, I know awesome. how you are with the pen and paper. So. I am. I but. am. <laughs> now, if I'm you're going to write something daring, you have to dare a paper cut. That's all there is to it. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to have some pain and suffering. I mean, what's what? Who? nobody wants to write a poem saying, oh, I wrote a poem and I broke my nail. You know, no. It's like, I wrote this poem and I got right. this great seven-stitch paper cut. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Or I wrote this poem and got carpal tunnel. Now I can't use my arms, and so I use some auto-type. Uh, like, they have uh, where you can actually, well, they have it on phones and computers, too. But you could ha- get carpal tunnel from typing and typing on typewriter, too. But uh, just imagine mm-hmm. getting, you know, imagine not having your hands anymore, and then you'd have to figure out how to write or have someone write for you. So, anyways, they have this technology. You can speak into the computer, but sometimes the computer doesn't always hear you. So that's the problem. Well, we've all watched but, those badly dubbed movies where, you know, somebody yeah. says, you know, what you doing, and it's, like is some word you've never seen before. So, you know, nobody wants that to yeah, happen. Right. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, darling. We will talk to you next week. Hopefully, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully so, yes. I'm trying to make right. it more frequently as well. So Alright, this is Eric Shulman. You can find me on Facebook and that's really where you can find me right now. I'm working on several projects. I'm keeping one secret right now. So I'm going to actually do it and complete it before I tell anybody about it. So. Mm, uh, mystery. <laughs> interesting, huh? <laughs> it All is. Right, well, have a great night. Thanks for your platform. And thanks for everything <laughs> you do for us. And, oh, thank uh, you, sweetie, for being here. I'll talk to you later. You're All welcome. Right. Bye-bye, Eric. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. All righty. Our next caller comes from – I'm going to go ahead and give the next three four callers so you kind of know where you are. Our next caller is going to come from area, area, area code 407-216, international caller, and 984. All right, so those are our next four callers. You can know where you are and how soon you'll be put on. Our next caller, as I said, is 407. 407, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla, how are you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing just fine. I'd like to show tonight that Shakespeare stuff is that's right up my alley, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I man. really am such a Shakespeare nerd. You know, I have probably seen at least, well, at least 50, over 50 versions of The Tempest. You know, there oh, okay. are The Tempest, or, or, 
or, you know, Midsummer's Night Dream or, you know, How You mm-hmm. Like It. If there's a Shakespeare play, I don't care if the high school's doing it. I don't care <laughs> if the, you know, I don't care who's putting on it. If it's at the college, if it's one of the theaters, you know, if it's within driving yeah. distance for a little day, I'll go see them over and over and over again. You know, and I, I was yeah. kind of glad you brought that up because it made me think about, you know, there's people who struggle to understand Shakespeare because it really mm-hmm. is like an inside out and backwards language, you know, the, the speech patterns and stuff. But right, if somebody right. really, really wants to start understanding and studying Shakespeare, they should rent some of the newer Shakespeare movies have been released like maybe in the last 15 years. There's been some really good ones. And just throw them in the DVD pair, get them on Netflix, whatever, and just watch it. Because it's yeah, one of those you things where, you know, if you go down to Cajun country and you can't understand a word they say, but if you live there for six months, all of a sudden, you know, you just understand what's being said. So it's like one of those mm-hmm. things. If you hear it enough, you won't even notice it, but something will happen and it will just click and fall in place. Mm-hmm. You know, so just, mm-hmm. just watch them, watch the movies, let it sink in, you know, let the, com- yeah. let your brain undo the combination. So all of a sudden you just realize, oh my God, I understood everything they said. It's pretty cool when that right. happens, you know, so, but if oh, yeah. Shakespeare really will influence you as a writer, I believe that with all my heart. Oh, wow. Tell me about it. I, um, I had an experience with Shakespeare <laughs> and, uh, I went on the tear and just went to writing and writing and writing. And I ended up publishing the piece in my book uh, called Inspiration, uh, called The Spear Stared In. Okay. And it was about the inspiration that the uh, the author gave me uh, in the circumstances situation. But, uh, oh, yeah, crazy about him and Paul, you know. And um, uh, love me some Mark Twain as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's all good. It's all good. I'm, I'm Becky with the blue ribbon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, on that raft. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So all what right. do you have for Oh, introduce yourself to everybody so they know who you're talking to. Um, yeah, this is, uh, I'm Raymond Bentley. Uh, you can reach me on Facebook. Uh, I got one published book called Inspiration. A few pieces I put together. Um basically in note form and um uh, I write plays and, and 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 essays and articles and whatnot. Uh but I only have one piece published right now. And I'm looking to do some things uh early next year. So um uh in the meantime I uh kinda get satisfaction out of my uh poetry, uh what I like to consider poetry in my writing. And I'd like to share some of it with you all tonight. Might not have time for two, but uh, I got one that's called Until the Wind Calls. Okay? Please. Until the Wind Calls. I was the pebble in the dust. I was on the wind at the canyon, by the heights and along the tops of the valley. At the cusp is where I sat in and on its landing. The root of powdered matter, the substance of what was left after practical things had been thrown down. I am not alone. 
I wait for the gusts to carry me to the plateau of my new home. Well, amongst the hand-carved rock, I'm a part of. Ah, the fields of the wind, it gingerly passes by and by my presence there. I think to believe that he's missed me again, but then the long arm of ultimate occupancy reaches from way behind me to indulge me. It's whirling along the outstretched cliff and down in the crevices. It is where I find, it is where it finds and then scoops me up to the art of essence and the elegance of surprise. My surroundings in the midday sun gleam bright as the untouched elements of passion in reverse time. They sparkle in the light from the light of the shifting flows of the dust of rock that I am a part of. Hey, it's a solid in the valley of the sun until the wind calls. Gravity's all gone. Meditation is motivation from the floor up for the suspension I'm a part of. At the while, levitation is resting in me, and being is he. Oh, so familiar with this ability. So I look from a view only I'm privy to at the galvanized plane of rough rock, strongly encased, funneled, and hand-carved. Just seeing the beauty of this occupation, standing thereupon and dazzling me, the lavender spectrums of grayish blacks are glistening at the sun's molded love light in the speckles of purposes unseen. Ooh, so and forever bright. As I sway from one figure form to the next, I'm coming closer to the face of this enormously mammoth dust and being drawn by a driving wind that ain't even there. It ain't even there. It's peculiar exploits of magnitudes and dynamic awareness. But I am, and I don't care, just a pebble in the cool, calm air, witnessing the open astonishment of creation and counting the days that I've been there. As the sun goes down and the night air spins, the beauty that be without number of the heavens is all so peculiar down here. For the hard mass be suitable and black in the night between the star giving light and the air it breathes. The minerals of the materials were made easy to see just as the shadow of the strong and lovely, drawing from all seven days complete. Occasionally I sparkle still like the jewels in the upper air of a rock dwelling place on a mountain nibbling on the thoughts of how did I get here? Where do I go? What could I say? But I'm seeing this wonder and feeding on its gas called air, and I am nestled in the hand of its carving course called wind. Then I am suddenly taken to the long depressions between ranges and hills at the river's edge. So there I sat 
were at the rock and the tree standing pretty tall next to me, where my shadows remind me of the fear of being alone. But I could still see clearly the color tinted in the rock from the bottom to the top. By the dawn of the day, I was okay, settled into my new home, the crevices of tremendous heights, the granite loft in the sky, until the wind calls, until the wind calls, until the wind calls. That's until the wind calls. That's my piece. You know, the whole time that you were reading that, I was getting this feeling of... I don't know if I'm going to describe this right, except for a place that I've gone ever since I was a little kid. You know, there were times and moments in space where something would happen, and I would go to that space between. Mm-hmm. You know, to mm-hmm. where I was standing in front of life, life was going past me, I could reach out mm-hmm. to touch it, but I could never contact it. It was like I existed mm-hmm. It was a play, and I was behind the scenes, and I could walk across the stage, but I could not interact with the play. You know, it was a complete mm. disconnect with, mm-hmm. with uh, you know, suddenly I was stepping outside of, I would find myself stepped outside of the world and looking in at it. I don't even know how yeah. to explain it. Like I was walking through yeah. everything in a, in a bubble. And it was a very yeah. tangible feeling that I used to get. And it re- the whole time you were reading that, all of the the ways you were describing between, you know, being something solid, like, you know, this, the giant cliff or the boulder or, you know, to where, I mean, just, there was so many tug of wars, every line, if someone paid attention to that is a tug of war with each other, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what the, the line was, but you were talking about the, the crevices in the, what was that line? Mm-hmm. The crevices in the uh, mm, cool man. I was out, uh, uh, as I sway from one figure form to the next. I'm coming closer to the face of this enormous mammoth dust, and being drawn by a driving wind that ain't even there. It ain't even there. It's peculiar exploits of magnitudes and dynamic awareness. Uh, maybe that's it. Yeah. Gravity's all gone. There's something about crevices in a cliff or crevice in a high place. But whatever, I mean, even what you read, I mean, in that was a thousand examples of what I'm talking about is how each line there is. So basically the line that I'm remembering was talking about a crevice, which you think of a crevice, that's deep. But it was in this staggering mm-hmm. high place. Is, you know, And so just the tug of war of those two things, that place where you can be so high at one moment mm-hmm. but still see this so low and you're suspended. You know, uh, you're 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 absolutely connected to both sides, but you're in the suspend between, and you can bounce between those two places whenever you want. I mean, it was for me, it was a really powerful piece, you know, about mm-hmm. almost like the creative soul or that that part of us that sees the world differently, that can slow it down yeah. and see it at standstill. It was incredible. Yeah, where I find where it finds and then scoops me up in the art of essence. Um, uh, it is whirling along the outstretched cliff and down in the crevices. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the wind is 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 carrying me. Carrying the wind, yeah. So the wind is the wind is that space between. That's your freedom. That's what you okay. disconnect from everything. And just I just thought it was super powerful. And you know, everybody can hear a poem, and they're going to hear. You know, that's I think that's what's really cool about that piece is because people are going to find. You never say what the wind is. You never mm-hmm. you never talk about the ride. You talk about the process. You talk about being uh-huh. there, you know. But you never tell us exactly mm. what the wind is. And so I think that anybody reading that, they're going to, the wind is going to be something different for everybody okay. that hears that or everybody that reads that. And they're going to be able to relate to it so well. Oh. Yes, okay. That's a really great, great piece. really great piece, Raymond. Okay. Did you want to well, read another you. one? I got a short one. It's called Intrigue. Intrigue. Trying to capture the personality of intrigue without hallucinating fantasies is most compelling and all man needs to be the victim of the arrow's love. But a woman's mysteriousness is the truth she holds in hot inside. It openly implies femininity, but in reality, it's her insecurities leaking from her insides and eluding his persistent, helpful cries. Like a goat trying desperately to climb a steep hill in the mud of a pouring rain, he's ordained, thus getting wet, and you can't say he never took a chance at it. Was the slope too great? Did he wait too late? Or, okay, maybe the inevitability of life just happened, and this hill is ever his to climb. He longs to go where vulnerability resides, into his eyes, in deep, that he may cupid the intrigue desire, if he may again chase his true devout to where the answer lies, way down in her insides. And why? Why must she lie, and we die in search of the unknown? listening for secrets that don't even exist. And this man can never know it. For nothing fuller can be compared that hasn't been that hasn't been seen by time's fall. But cold is its wind that wets his coat of brown skin and leaves him spiritually alone. Wondering and shivering in the mind from the hard water's rainfall. He's desperate to capture the personality of intrigue who eloquently eludes him once again, courtesy of emotions, uncertainty. A woman's treat is a mystery to meet in the truth she purposely tries to hide. Escaping the man is securing her independence, thus making herself even harder to find. That's intrigue. That's my piece. Absolutely amazing, both pieces. I am so glad you came here tonight and read those, honey. I'm glad I can make it tonight. I wasn't able to make it last week. I don't know if I'll be able to make it next week, but I enjoy your show, and I appreciate the opportunity to um, to express my prose uh, to you guys. And uh, I thank you for your hospitality, Natalie. Oh, we appreciate you, sweetheart. Thank you for being here. It was a treat. Sure, sure. Again, I'm Raymond Bentley. You can find me on Facebook. And um, everybody have a nice evening. Thank you, Raymond. Good to hear from you, honey. Okay. All right. Goodbye. 
Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Wow. Wow, that was that was awesome. Hey, Mama. Hi, baby. How are you doing? I'm in a space where I just, I start thinking about my daughter. Then my mom, she seems to be not too happy. She's 90 years old. And then I just started thinking about, you know, just everything. So I'm going to read the first piece. It's about um, New Moon. And it goes like this. They say all things, not some things, but all things must end. The longer you stay here, the harder it is to get to the end. After the beginning, there's nothing left but endings, only endings, ending too soon, waning like the moon. Beginnings are no more than fresh endings. Beginnings are fresh endings with new endings, nothing but new endings, beautiful endings, ugly endings, tragic endings. In the beginning, we are seasoned to worry about our lives ending badly, Worrying about getting old or our parents dying while we're too young to become orphaned. Ending too soon, waning like the moon. Then life ends up with us becoming disabled or unhealthy. It means it was your call in the beginning, so you keep making lemonade. I dealt but freaked out about our children's early endings. I worried about endings coming too early or me staying too long on this planet, sick, helpless, and alone. All in all, the ducks were not yet in a row. All things must come when in death the fatal blow. We are now left awaiting the new moon. New moons by Mama Ola Daisy Vicky Aqua. That was beautiful and I loved the way you performed that. You you uh the way that you read it, the way you performed it was just really, really cool. It was very powerful. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. The next, the next one I'm going to play is when my daughter was making her transition. It was during a snowstorm, February um, 2016, and the group came out. We were down in the chapel of the hospital church, and they backed my poem up and I always play this whenever I'm thinking about my daughter. I'm gonna play it for you all. Do this anyway because Kai, my daughter, is gone and um 
we wanted to be here to do this for you all anyway. And they've encouraged me to come on and do it, so I'm going to do the piece that you asked me to do um, before Kai expired. And um, thank you so much for um, keeping us in your prayers. Okay. Is everybody ready for us to go right into it? I have a spiritual connection to those songs we sang. We sang out messages to the universe and to each other of how tired we were. Maybe this God would save us if we told him our troubles. I'm going to tell Jesus all of my troubles. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. I cannot bear burdens alone. In my distress, he will We sang those songs to relieve our weary souls, to release stress. We kept a beat to our chopping while standing sun up till sundown to get rest and find comfort in our song. There's no shoes on my feet. There's no shoes on my feet and I can't read and I can't write. But when I get to heaven, I'm going to put on my shoes, because all God's children got shoes. I got shoes, you got shoes, all God's children got shoes. When I get to heaven, I'm going to put on my shoes, they're going to walk all over God's heaven, heaven. I can't read and I can't write, but all God's children got shoes. One day goes into the other. There's no rest for the weary, and I cannot tell the time. But I know the hour is late. It's black again. But I know he watches me because his eye is on the sparrow, and I wonder if he watches Master rape me. I said his eye is on the sparrow, so I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eyes give the best. And I know you are if God is real to him because he's so real to me he's so real because he is in the saving business and he saves wretches like me he's so real to me real, real. Jesus. Jesus is real to me oh yeah he gave me the victory I said, yes. 
I say yes. I will be blessed. I say yes, Lord. I forgive them as I turn my other cheek, and I will understand it better by and by. Oh, yes, we will understand it better by and by.
Made me cry, Mama. Yeah. Well, I have nobody else to share it with but you that I know would appreciate it. And it was on my mom, so don't cry. I'm just glad that I have it, and I'm glad I have some place that I can share that with. Thank you for letting me share. You're very welcome, and I love you so dearly, Mama. I know you do. That's why you let me do that long piece. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everyone how they can come visit with you. I saw you got a you, you got a new name and new page today. Well, that's my maiden name, Vicky. Uh, it's still Vicky Aqua on Facebook. Uh, you'll find me under Vicky Harrington. But, um, I think they gave me all my pages back. I'm not even sure. Um. Yeah, I think they did. You might be able to get me under my old name, A C Q U A H, or my new, my new old name, my original name, Harrington, H A R R I N G T O N, Vicky with an I. Very cool. All right, Mama, we will talk to you next week, my dear. Okay. All right. Love you. Thank you. Thank oh, you for sorry. sharing that and her. I'm sorry, I forgot to say, and that was you people, world renowned. Um, they sing acapella. Um, they sing for any event, and they would travel anywhere. If anybody wants to get in touch with them, they're on Facebook. Q people, H U E P E O P L E, Q people. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Mama. You're welcome. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. And, Mom, if you want to come back on and read, just, you know, the drill. Press one. Press one. So, and Raymond, too, I see that you're still on the line, George, as well. If any of you guys want to be able to read again, uh, all you have to do is press one to come out of the lineup. Press one again, and I'll put you right back in. And you can go through again because I see you're all still holding on. All right. Our next caller I think that we're having a little bit of issues right now because I can't unmute my next caller. So give me a second here. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and try this again. Our next caller is our international caller up in the middle of the night. 447, are you with me? Hi, Bella. Hi, baby. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you very much. Yourself? I'm doing absolutely, absolutely wonderful. It's been a crazy, insane, hectic, hectic week, and I've just had a blast. <laughs> it's always the best way to be busy. I know. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm this. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little story here because we're just hanging out, right? <laughs> so, um, my neighbor. I have a friend that lives next door to me. My neighbor. And she got put into the hospital. Um, kind of weird, crazy stuff. But, but she's in the hospital for a bit. And she had all this canning she wanted to have done that she was planning on doing. And we were going to make some apple butter together. And so she went in the hospital, and I did her canning for her so that it got done this year, which seems like a stupid 
little trivial thing to do, you know, with what she's going through. Um, she was diagnosed with lymphoma and she's two months pregnant. So they're keeping her in the hospital and doing, you know, everything they can to make sure that, that she gets through this and the baby is okay. So, you know, she's got all this stuff that they're thinking about. And, and, and selling me what's the thing? Well, I know you were planning on canning. Do you want me to do your canning for you? You know, but so that's what I've been doing this week because, you know, I know that was important to her. So I've been canning and making jams and apple butter and apple maple walnut jam and cranberry apple orange jam and peen, uh, p- pumpkin butter and all kinds of stuff, right? Um, and there's a reason I was telling you this. Damn it, what was my reason? See, I do that, you guys. <laughs> Why was I telling you all this? Huh. It really had a profound point, too. What the hell? I don't know where I was going. Sorry. Hi. Hi. <laughs> do you know where I was going? Help if it gets better, by the way. I don't know why I was telling you that Oh my god that makes me crazy when I do that But I'm glad you're here I know it's in the middle of the night there And and, uh, yeah Yeah, I was a little bit late to the show as well So I only got here when George was on But Now it's twice you've brought tears to my eyes With this show tonight How? It was in and the conversation you were having with Eric before about writing on paper and I'm in that place where I can't write. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's something so trivial, but it was like, I can't do that. <laughs> so let me ask so, you something, because there is something that's almost as good. And he was talking about those programs where you can download for your computer and use a headset and talk. And when you talk, it writes down everything that you say it, it, on a word pad. I know that there's programs out yeah. there that can do that, that you can speak into. And so that's almost and sometimes maybe even better than being able to write it out I with a pen. You know, to be able to do that stream of consciousness where you just start talking about something and you don't stop and you just, and then you end up getting lost like I do and did just now. I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I, so I know what you're going through, and I know how hard all that is, and, and, you know, something as simple as that that we take for granted, you know, and it's almost like I, I saw this T-shirt that said, Dear Naps, I'm so sorry I was mean to you as a kid. You know, it's the same <laughs> thing, you know. You know, how, how much do we bitch about having to type things out or, you know, handwrite things out and stuff, and, and, uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm done. I'm out of steam. <laughs> yeah, I, I use a, an app on my phone, te- text it all into it, and then I can go back and edit it later, but it also timestamps it and dates it for me, so I can remember mm-hmm. when I wrote it as well. Oh, that's cool. See, that's a handy feature. It, it does work out in my favor sometimes because I'm very forgetful with dates. <laughs> Do you know the thing that saved my ass a lot over the years? Because I write in journal. I love writing in journals. And I have, you know, I have a shelf that's just got rows of journals that I've written in over the years. And I normally date them, but sometimes I don't. I always date the journal, but I almost never date the poem. But as I flip back through them, 
there will be a receipt for the coffee I used as the bookmark. And then, you know, 20 pages later, there's a, you know, a receipt for the pecan pie and the cup of coffee I had, you know. And so I know that that piece was written in that time frame. You know, thank God I did that. I'd have been totally lost. <laughs> my, my life's chronological order is on scraps of paper between pages. There's got to be something po- poetic about that. Maybe a tiny bit. <laughs> so what do you got, honey? I've got a piece again similar to Eric with the way that he wrote about the wars. Um I wrote it for the centenary of the world first world war. Mhm. And it's called Jury of Remembrance. <clears throat> Into the fires of hell they marched, fighting for all they loved, an unwavering bravery shown by all, as shells rained from above. Onward through the onslaught they went, fearing each day may be their last. Through hopes of home they stayed their course, the enemy did it, they did suppress. Each brother in arms, they did not die in vain. They suffered through their battles so that we could remain in peace. Wow. That was palpable. I I have a lot of, a hell of a lot of respect for veterans. Both my granddad's fought in the Second World War. And I remember so many times when my granddad would be asleep, he'd be talking in his sleep about little stories from back in the war. Mm-hmm. And I, I was his carer at the time, but I would just sit at the end of his bed and listen. And then he'd wake up and tell me the story all over again because he didn't realize he'd just told me. <laughs> yeah. I love that, though. You know, my my grandpa used to be that. My grandpa was a storyteller, and he would start telling me this story, and, you know, my grandma would look at him and say, Philip, zip it. Nobody wants to hear that story again. And I'm and I was scared of my grandma. Oh my grandma was scary. You know, so nobody would just we'd sit there, all of us sit there like a mouse being seen by a cat and then we didn't you know, once she was gone then we would breathe again. It's like, Oh my god, no one move. Grandma just said something. <laughs> um Because yeah, and, and I would never say anything when I was little because I was afraid of her. But when I got older right before I died, he sat down and he started I was sitting on the couch with him and he started telling me this story about how him and his best friend at 12 years old hitchhiked up to Victoria to work on the logging camp so they could send money home and how they got picked up by gangsters. And that's all the, I'm not going to go into details on the story, but he started telling me this story about, you know, his childhood. And I heard my grandma from the kitchen. And as soon as she said it, it's like, it's like, you know, the girl who dances in fairy rings, like there is no danger there. I piped up and I said, I want to hear it. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what have I done? But nothing happened. My grandpa smiled and he finished telling me a story. I, I, you know, I wish I could sit there and listen to the stories all of them over and over and over and over and over again, a hundred times, and it would be okay. I would give anything for that. Even though yeah. he told it to me five minutes before. That was that was an incredible piece, honey. Thank you. You're very um, welcome. The next piece I brought 
and it was written as it will state at the very beginning of it after very little sleep. Um, I had a major flare-up with my pain and I'd barely drifted off before I was awake again with it and the day I had to start. And and it took me about an hour to come round from the initial effect of it starting up before I could write. But this kind of just flowed out of me as soon as I did. And I have called it deprived. Two hours again. When will you let me sleep here? Slowly losing the will to fight. Every time I do, the harder you bite. Teeth sunk deep beneath my skin. Jaws locking no escape for me. The equivalent of nails on a chalkboard. Well, now, you son of a bitch, I'm bored. Make a decision, you either want me or you don't. Finish me off or leave me alone. Turning me into a banshee, wailing for my life as it was in the past. Before you made every other breath a gasp through teeth clamped tight. I'm holding back my disdain of you and turning it into anger to fuel the stubborn inside my heart. I swear as I drift off, I hear hear the whispers from you calling me, feeling like the limbs of all the lost souls pulling at my mind, trying to bring me home. Whatever tortures you have planned for me, though, they won't come close to what I have lived. I'm taking this resilience in my DNA as a fucking gift. It's ingrained with me for a reason. So each day, each and every year, and each and every season, I can put you in your place, rise above, and remember, no matter what you bring my way, I've still got my dreams to chase. And peace. Wow. Both of those pieces were just absolutely amazing, honey. Thank you. And I'm sorry there was no pieces about fluffy bunnies, but... (laughs) (laughs) But someday there's you're going to write something and Fluffy Benny is going to be in there and you're going to laugh and you're going to smile because it just it just needs to be there. Probably not for a nice reason, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the bunny might be a bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. Most of the. uh... Bunnies that I've had in my life have been in stews, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's the way you guys roll over on that side of the pond, isn't it? That, what is it, Welsh, Welsh stew is made with rabbit, right? No, um, you, you can do it anywhere, but we used to have rabbit stew, but they'd be freshly caught, so it was like the, the best of the kind of meat you can get. My ex husband used to go bunny shooting, go bunny hunting, and he'd bring the bunnies home and want me to clean them, right? I was really young at the time. I was like, you know, 18 maybe. <laughs> um, and I, you know, thinking I'm supposed to be a good wife, I'll clean your bunny for you. And I, I, he showed me how to skin it and stuff. I'm sitting there with this dead skinned bunny, you know, feeling like, and, and it looked like a baby. 
and I never I've never eaten rabbit because the the skin thing it looked it looks too human to me the the body did it was like it, it just freaked me out so I've I've never had bunny because of that isn't that weird I was brought in the same manner as he was the with hunting for the things so it's like every weekend during the winter we go out and we hunt our meat so I, I was brought up with the plucking and the skinning and everything like that it was no <laughs> you know that rabbits can only be hunted in months without an r or months with an r then you can only hunt rabbits are only good for eating in months with an r well if you look at because in the over here rabbits will get uh it's called a, a something spotted liver fever or something like that in the warm months. And the warm months, May, June, July, August, during the hot months when they get this spotted yeah. liver thing, oh. fever, then you don't you don't hunt during the summer. So you have better bunnies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, we we did it all in the winter anyway, and it got frozen for the year then. <laughs> So, you know, maybe, you know, find out. Find out if it, if anyone ever bunny hunts in the summer. They would have to. I don't know what they do. But I know that I know that, that that's a thing. Look it up. It's, look it up on the computer. I swear that's really a thing. <laughs> Only hunt bunnies with in months with the R. Right. Okay. All right. Sweetheart, tell everyone how to find you so you can put me out of my misery here. I can be found on Facebook. Callum Kennedy Hume, and I'm also on allpoetry.com, and it's state with style, and also on Twitter at Kennedy Hume. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, thank you so much. Absolutely fantastic job tonight. You get some sleep, thank okay? You for a... I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye bye, hun. Bye. Okay. Uh, the number to call in tonight, 646-595-3965. We're going to grab our next caller, which comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. Five eight five, are you with me? Yeah, hi. This is Doug Curry. How are you? Hey, Doug. How are you, love? It's good to hear from you. Okay. Yeah. You know, you've got the most yummy hi. name. Curry is one of my favorite things in life. So every time you come exactly. on that, you come on and you say, this is Doug Curry, I just go, yum. <laughs> <laughs> is that what advice Sounds kind of perverted, me? but, <laughs> you know, I, I, you come on the air and I think, oh, warm, spicy, yum. <laughs> just so you know, if you ever wondered. <laughs> All right. Can I just take it whatever way I want? You can. You can. It's yours on it. <laughs> I give it to you. <laughs> Well, I'm scrambling a little bit because I just got out of my car. But um, um, do you need a minute before you're ready? Yeah, can we do that? Yeah, let me go ahead and mute you, and I will. I'm going to play a track real quick, and then I will come back right back and get you. Okay, Doug. That'll be good. Thank you. Okay. Let's go ahead and mute him. I'm going to go ahead and play a track since we have time and I'm having issues with the line. This piece is going to be, this is by Talam AC. And I 
haven't, I, this one just got uploaded, but I haven't listened to it yet. So we're going to be hearing this for the first time together. If you don't know who Talam AC is, Google him. Absolutely phenomenal uh, spoken word artist. When we first started the Speakeasy Cafe show uh, years and years and years ago, 13 years ago, next week, by the way, um, he was one of my first guests. We used to do the show where at the very beginning of the show we would do, or at the beginning of the show we would do the open mic part, and then the last, last half hour of the show we would do an interview. And he was one of our first guests on the Speakeasy. And then pretty soon the lines got, very quickly actually, the lines got so full that we ended up not being able to do a guest and still get our callers on. So we stopped doing those interviews. But Talam AC was awesome. I remember telling him that I felt like I was like interviewing Elvis of the the spoken word uh, community and and genre and it's like <laughs> so then the rest of the show he gave me crap about thinking he ate jelly donuts and you know all this stuff and uh, it, was, it was pretty funny <laughs> it was like well, maybe, maybe our first month or two um, when I was even a worse mess than I am most days now <laughs> well, some of them. But anyway, this is Tom Macy. It's Living Comes Alive. We're going to listen to this and then run back and grab Doug. Here we go, guys. Y'all want to hear more? I have a CD. Make sure y'all get it. I know a lot of y'all have it. Um, even if you burnt it, you need like a real copy because there's like, we, we equalize it real well. So even when you burn that shit, you lose like 80% of the music. That shit was funny. Y'all can laugh. If life is a drug, then I've been taking some hard hits. Like, I'm trying to see how intense the sense of humor of God gets. But I'm dedicated. Because I know spoken word can make the living come alive. And if I'm involved, we're going to require at least five 30-plus single black mothers. Otherwise, it could be pointless. Because if this is God's work and the man on the microphone is anointed, then if you provide him with the conditions he requires, he might be able to use his art to make your heart drop into your lap. Move this room into a whole other world. Take all them young cats that just came here to mingle and say something to make their brains tingle without drugs at first. Because this is that spoken love that hurts. Every phrase is tasered to make your blood feel electric. But you can't just take a hit. The hit's got to take. This is that spoken word where you've got to swallow the smoke from the words. Open up your mind and let your brain float from the words. Think of something in your life you want to change and gain hope from the words. Because that's how the living come alive. And, and this is that bona fide. I made it with the dust off of old 78s and 45s. Codified it in the spoken word, digitized it in the ones and zeros, and MP3'd it for your iPod. Heavy underground like the earth's core, the crowd recognized the underground heavy from the tat that he wore. Allow me to introduce that energy that only inner God can produce. Come to spoken word, get your inner God seduced. Because what else can move your inner self outside yourself like the truth? But that's how the living come alive. And if you don't know what a juke joint is, there's a very good chance you ain't going to understand what the point is. 
but this is underground. So they can't convince me to call myself Black Teed and show up to the mic every night wearing this Black Tee because my style ain't so earthy, it's so unlike Black Tee. You might need to bring a mason jar of corn liquor with you. Pop off the lid, take a hard swig, let that corn liquor hit you. At the end of the night, meet us at the bar, cop yourself a large snifter. That's if you with the Mr. Picture this. Gordon Parks, James Van Der Zee. It's all right when I'm on the mic if you want to close your eyes and breathe life into your fantasy, but remember, ain't nobody here but me and you right now. And ain't no coincidences I was sent here for you right now to tell you if you want to change your life, you better make it do whatever you want it to do right now. But I hope you want more from life than money because money ain't hard to come by if money is the only thing that you absolutely care about. But you should know that life is just preparation for something more majestic. And spoken word is just life when it's presented at its most expressive. And the reason why poetry ain't bigger in this society is because this society is oppressive. And every oppressor since the dawn of time has tried to dead whatever art form made the living come alive. That was Mr. Talam Acey, absolutely incredible poet. This is one of my favorite pieces called uh, uh, Proselytizing, and he does another real funny one. Maybe we'll play it a little bit later on in the show if we get a chance to, um, to bring in how, how my lines are behaving. Um, maybe I'll try, maybe we'll play a couple of his this evening. Maybe we'll find something completely different. He knows what I'll do, because I'll forget in 10 minutes anyway. So let's go ahead, except I'm not going to forget about Doug. Let's go ahead and see if he's ready for us. Doug, are you there? Yes, I am. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, and I'm glad to be back here. I've been here in a long time. I've been in rehearsals and in shows, and uh, that's the only thing that stopped me from being here, but it did. So here we are. Um, A short poem I wrote some time ago called Barrage. Broken was his will to resist an exercise to which there was no strength, to which there was no use. Being besieged, overrun, beleaguered by blistering attacks, he went weak and gasped, feeling flushed, teary-eyed, groping and drooling, weak-kneed and fell away from the relentless pursuer who shamelessly held firm, pressed on feverishly, and then kissed him again. End poem. That was a phenomenal piece, and I love the title. I, I really love there's I love words, and I love surprising words, and, and it's like the word barrage. Okay, first of all, there are some words that are just fun to say. They feel good on your tongue. They make you happy. They dance on your lips, you know. And that's one of those words. It's just a fun word, right? But it's not one you hear as often anymore for some reason. You know, it's almost becoming dated, I guess, which is sad. You know, you either have to be very well-bred or very, you know, be of an older generation to use that word um, and understand the beauty in it. You know, I, I think the, the whole generations of the LOLs have really lost. I think they're much more precise writers, but I think that they've lost some of the I don't know, the elegance of some of, you know, the, the, the LOL, you know, the fact that LOL is even a thing makes me mad. 
<laughs> no. If somebody well, has the emotions to laugh out loud, it deserves those letters. You know, spell it out, write it. I am laughing out loud <laughs> instead of LOL. <laughs> Take that couple extra minutes. Thank them for the joy they brought. Okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I agree with you with a word like barrage. It, it, you know, in this poem, it, it's used exactly correctly. I mean, if mm-hmm. you think about a barrage, what I w- would always think of, about would be um, a battleship with those big guns going off, shooting off a barrage of something that's going to make something else weak and submit. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was a barrage of kisses. See, that's, you, so, you know, barrage, you know, makes them weak and submit. You know, there's, yeah. there's words, there's words that can mean the same thing, but they really don't. Correct. Or, or not yeah. in the same spirit, feeling. You know, yeah. not in the destructive feeling of, of those, of those um, big guns on, on a, on a battleship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess you Yes, you could make someone feel weak and submit with a barrage of kisses, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, just, I, I, I love unique language, and I love, I love unique words and, and words that just, you know, you hear them. And, you know, it makes it, it's, the, the piece, hands down, on its own, was phenomenal. You know, but that's like the perfect crown because in that, and just with the title, you instantly have ears wider open because of the word, because of the meaning, because of the delight in the sound, the uniqueness of it. It's one of those, you know, it's one of those words that sounds, their sound makes you stop and stutter and do a double take. Good work. I agree. And I enjoy the word as a word. It appears nowhere in the poem except in the title. It doesn't need to. It's like the opening canon. Well, hopefully it's the opening canon uh, for my being around a little more than I had been. Uh, <laughs> I always always enjoy being here. It's just, you know, the other thing is just takes, it really takes up a lot of time. It's worth it, but, you know, it keeps you away from your friends, and that's a, a little, it's more than a little well, unfortunate. Well, remember, do you want to know a secret? I'm always one of those secrets. If you call, you can actually call in to the show 15 uh-huh. minutes before the show starts. So you wait. Okay. Yeah, that way you're one of the very first callers and your wait's, you know, less, actually less than 14 and 59 seconds long. You know, so if, you oh. know, being able to hang out that long is an issue, try to get on as soon as you can. And you can actually dial into the show 15 minutes before the show starts. So you'll be one of the first callers. I'm going to have to try that. That gives me one more good option on how I can be with you on a Thursday night. I love it. I love it when you are my warm, spicy, (laughs) what was the other word? (laughs) Oh, go ahead and and think of it. Say it any way you want to say it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yummy. That was it. Yummy, warm, and spicy. Yeah. There you go. It was yum. It It is. Curry, um. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, I've ticked on you enough. Great job tonight, honey. Tell everyone how they can find you. All right. Well, I am Doug Curry, and I can be found on Facebook by my name, Doug Curry. 
Also can be found on Facebook under the name of my radio program, which is Blacks and Blues, a show that airs at 9 o'clock Eastern Time every Friday night from 9 until midnight Eastern Time at WRUR.org. It airs at 10 o'clock Central Time out of Chicago on Saturday night at uh, 10 o'clock at WDCB.org. I do a bit of writing. When I am writing, I put a lot of it on allpoetry.com, which I would recommend to anyone to check out. It's a place to read a lot of poetry and to poetry contests, which, of course, stimulate you to write them. I'm not so sure how much I care about winning them as much as participating with prompts, but allpoetry.com is definitely uh, recommended. I can be found there under the name of Manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99, and uh, I hope to meet some of you there. Beautiful. All right, sweetheart, great job tonight. Thank you so much for making time to be here. Thank you. You're doing a wonderful job. I, I, I'm here. Please believe me every time I can be. <laughs> well, I appreciate that very much. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye. All right, sweetie. All right. We'll talk to you soon, honey. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Doug. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 863. 863, you're on the air. Oh, um, hello, Nyla. This is Noreen Snyder. Noreen and Gary Snyder, we love you guys. Yes. Yes. How are you, honey? I'm doing okay. Next Thursday, um, um, it'll be if if, um, Gary and I would been um, together um, 21 years. On next Thursday. Yes, on the 21st. So on our anniversary, we have the same anniversary. Yes. Yes. And I thought I was thinking that today, same time as Gary and I would have had our our anniversary. How many years was it? Twenty one years. One years. That's amazing. Twenty one years. Yep. We would been to get. We would been together, but we would been mar- We would. Um, but we've been. Um, we would be married. Um, this coming um, February fourth will be. Um, Eleven years, no, no, twelve years. It'll be twelve years. So I want you to do me some homework, my love. Yes. I want you to write your homework is, which means if you know, even if we're depending on how busy we are, even if we're at a one poem limit, you can read two if you bring your homework. But I want yes. you to write a poem for your anniversary about that day. Yes. About about the twenty first, November twenty first, twenty one years ago. I want you to write about the day you met Gary, the first time you saw him. Yes. I and, I, and, I, I remember that it vivid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want you to write a write a poem about the very first time you saw him for me. Yes. Yes. Can you share that story with us? Yes, I sure will. Awesome. So, what do you have for us tonight, my darling? Okay, for um, for Gary, I got um, um, I'm gonna read um, oh, the cat had a tail by Gary Snyder. Okay, I love all his poetry. 
Oh, the cat had a tail that looked like a rat. He shaved his tail till he died like that. Oh, it's better to forget about the rat race. Just live your life. Don't die like that. Go cut it off. Stop. Go somewhere. It's a big world out there. There's a place for you somewhere from a stubby tail cat. Ever see one? Love y'all. I'm happy now. I'm glad it's done. The end. I love it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, I was sitting there going through some, uh, going through some old episodes. I was working on the stuff the anniversary, and and I was listening to some old shows, and a couple of them that I was going through had Gary reading. You know, and it was just yes. so happy. It was such a happy thing to be able to sit there and hear his voice and hear him read. It was just really oh, cool. Yes, yes yeah. it is. <laughs> I'm so glad Andy let the um, Reverb Nation up there because that's how I found Bobby him singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I got them up on our website on and, Reverb Nation. And not Nation. to take anything away from not to take anything away from Andy, but uh-huh. that was me. That's my show. So yes, okay. Okay, I'm I left sorry. Him there. I didn't take him down. Okay. I'm saying that because I'm mad at Andy for not reading lately. So. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. He's, he's, he's on my I'm, I'm glad you didn't take him down. Him. Yeah, there's yes. no way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to know that you listen to those. Yes, I sure do. You it really, it really like that it helps show. me. That's awesome. So what of yours are you going to share with us tonight, beautiful girl? Um, this is called For You, My Teddy Bear Darling. This is, okay. okay. Um, love is you and I. Love is when you pick me a bouquet of wildflowers from our yard. Love is when I pick you a bouquet of wildflowers from our yard. We both are ecstatic. Love is you and I peeling potatoes together, just having fun. That is love. Love is when you your face lights up, looking at me with that spatial, sexy smile of yours. Love is when you serenade me, playing the guitar and singing to me with your unique smile. Love is you and I accepting each other as we are and not expecting each other to change. Love is helping you to find something you have lost. Love is looking at each other, not saying a word, just smiling. Your face is a a glow. Love is writing poetry together and having published books out together. Love is sticking together through thick and thin. Love is being there for each other through sickness and health. Love is being proud of you and you proud of me, and we don't care who knows it. Love is being there for you when you had a major stroke. Love is when they told me you got dementia from the stroke, and I would not believe it, and I still don't. Love is when I pushed you in the wheelchair across the street to the mall, and it was hard on me, but I didn't care because I wanted you to enjoy being away from the rehab, and so we can have some privacy together. Seeing your big... Rachel's smile is worth it all. Love is you and I. We make a perfect husband and wife team. 
We are the modern-day Brownings and always will be. We have so many plans together. We wanted to do together to join Patreon as a husband and wife team, poet team, writing more books together, do more podcasts together, and participate in more of 100,000 Poets for a Change. I promise to you, my teddy bear darling, I will do our projects we had planned in your honor. Oh, I love you so much, and no one can take your place. You have given me enough love to last me forever and more. You will always be my faithful man in my life. You will not be forgotten. You will truly be missed. Our spatial memories will never be forgotten. I will always cherish you and I, our love, our memories. You will never be forgotten. This world is a better place because you were here. You have made a big difference in so many lives and in the poetry world. Your poetry will never be forgotten, and I am proud to be your wife and you as my husband, my best friend, my lover, and all the good stuff. You always told me, if you go first, you will be waiting for me at the quantum crossroads. Until then, I'll keep on riding, and God will see me through it all. I thank God that he let you and I have 20 awesome, great, beautiful, loving years together, and I wouldn't trade it for a million dollars, nor anything in this world. I don't know how I'll make it without you. It's going to be a tough road. But God here has brought me here this far, and he will be with me the rest of the way. The end. You made me cry. I'm sorry. It was beautiful, Lorraine. Thank you. This is what I wrote for the, the for his for his memorial service. We miss him too. And yes. we're so glad that he's still with us, that everything that he shared, the love he gave us, the love that he gave you, the you guys that you shared with us, with this building this community with us, being who you are to us. You know, the fact that you you bring his words to us every week and read them. And, you know, he's still with us. I feel him so strongly. And I just want to tell you that we love you both. And thank thank you. That was absolutely gorgeous. And we love you all, too. Because I can feel him right here. I feel him all the time. I miss him, too. Mm -hmm. But I feel him. I feel him beside me. I feel him. I think of him much more often than I even have a chance to miss him, you know. He's yes. such a part of mm-hmm. such a part of me. I mean and, and he has both of you guys have been. That uh thank you. I mean I I okay, crying but I'm 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 crying but you know, I'm actually kinda happy. I'm, I mean I've got a smile on my face because that was beautiful. Thank you. I'm crying mm-hmm. because it was so beautiful and is so beautiful. All right, Noreen, you got me to cry on the yeah. air. <laughs> you naughty, naughty, naughty girl. <laughs> okay. How do we find you, my love? How do we okay. find you guys? Okay, okay. Um, you can find Gary and I on. We got our books on Amazon. dot com. The Hour of Truth: Reflections of Our Inner of Our Inner Beings, and um, Two Hearts in One. You can find them on um um um. Uh-oh. Oh, my my mind went blank. Uh-oh. 
Oh, no. You can find them on, oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're okay. okay. <laughs> So you already stopped poking you on the rig, ribs when you're trying to read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And th- then you can um find Gary and I on our on our website, Gary and Noreen and Noreen Snyder dot wix dot com front slash poetry. And you can find both of us on um on our on our um new thing we got going, the poetry club. We got uh, at least 71, no, 72 now members on there. That includes Gary and I. That's awesome. So every week when you're on here and you talk about it like you just did now, make sure that you follow up by posting the links and everything on my Facebook page. That way after the show, people can jump over there, and it's just kind of a central location, like the Cafe's bulletin board, to find stuff. So make sure you put it on there so people can join. Okay. And then you can also find – uh, Gary on Facebook. You can also find him on Reverb Nation and um, PoetryPoem.com, and you can find him on um, WikiNut.com. And then you you okay, and he's also Googleable and Googleable. And then you can <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you can find me on um, on Facebook.com, ReverbNation.com, PoetryPoem.com. Wikinut.com, and I'm also Googleable and Googleable. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, baby. You did You're a great welcome. job tonight. We love you, honey. Okay, thank you. All right, okay. we'll see oh, you next I wanna week. Thank, uh-huh. Oh, I want to thank all the sponsors for sponsoring this show. And so uh, we have poets have a venue. Um, of of a of a um have a venue of us poets to read and I wanna thank you, Nyla and and um Michael Quigg, Christopher Ryan for um hosting hosting this this show. So we poets have a um a venue to read our poetry. Thank you very much. We should appreciate <laughs> you're welcome, you. Sweetheart. you. And all. you're one of those you're one of those sponsors, remember. Yes, oh yes. <laughs> We appreciate you. Thank you, Noreen. Thank you, Gary. You're welcome. Okay, thank you. And we we love you all. We'll talk to you next week? Yes. Yes, we'll we'll be there. Gary and I will be there next week. (laughs) All right, honey. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay, Okay, you're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Hi, Nella. Hey, sweetie. How are you doing? I'm good. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. A little, a little bit okay. muffled, but I can hear you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read a, a poem. I don't know if I've ever read it on here before. I have a, I have a good friend who's a, a pretty well-known playwright, mm-hmm. and um, she did the play. Um, for colored girls who consider suicide when, when the rainbow was enough. Um, and I kind of narrated that play. And at the end of it, I wrote a poem. Uh, it's called One Man's Reaction to For Colored Girls. Have you ever seen the play or heard of it? No. It's, it, it's an excellent play. 
I can't remember who it's by, but anyway, here's the point. I, I've heard there was a monologue, um, but I don't know if it's the same as the play. I've heard of um, there's a, a monologue for colored girls who consider committing suicide, and I think it's by Dream Yard or something like that. But it's yeah, not it's a monologue. It's it an yeah. actual, actual play. Actually, they made a movie also. <clears throat> but this this is a poem I wrote because I was I was really kind of touched by the play. Um, so, um, one man's reaction to colored girls, uh, and, and and they they identify the women in the play by by the colors of their dresses, like like green, blue, you know. Uh, that's how they identify. So, I looked at you, and your beauty astounded me. But I could see beyond the shadow of your eyes. I could see the tears you had shed in the night. I watched you fight back those tears as you high-stepped out into the world with a smile. Yes, with a smile on your face. You graced the world with your presence. For it is your presence in this world that gives it substance. I talked with you, and your intellect and your wit inspired me to learn more about you to learn more about me and to explore the nature of our relationships. Between the lines of your dialogue, I could hear the pain you had you had endured. I could feel the trust. I could feel the trust thrust into thrust into the abyss of emotional discord. And you could not afford to give any more of yourself lest you lose yourself forever. Never let that happen. Well, you are worth more than that to, to me. And you are worth more to yourself than you are to me. I watch you dance. Oh, how you dance. You dance with every part of your body. Your dance encapsulated your soul. And your emotions lay open for all to see. I wanted to say to you, come, dance with me, Queen of the Nile. Let me dance away your tears. Let me dance away your pain. Let me teach you to trust. And then I realized that you could not do that. It does not matter that you do not know me, how I feel, how I think. I am a man. And you just could not take that chance. Understanding that, I pay tribute to you. Ladies in orange, green, brown, red, yellow, purple, and blue. When you take off your makeup, and the lights have gone dim, you left a message for her, and you left a message for him. End poem. Wow. You know, I see a lot of men in life paying for the man before his mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and yes. that how, how the finger points of every hurt stays with a woman. And gets carried forward until, you know, some guy down the road who's a really nice guy, you know, is is still paying and saying I'm sorry for that for the, yeah. the guy way before him, you know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely beautiful piece. Are you going to read another one? Uh, I can. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
Uh, okay. This one um, is entitled Jurisprudence Redefined. Um, <clears throat> basically, you know, it's about the injustice um, that men of color experience in the judicial system. A lot of them are locked up with crimes they didn't commit. Uh, so this is called Jurisprudence. Jurisprudence redefined. Justice is blind, the doctrines may state. The jury of his peers will determine his fate. An allegation is something that has to be proved. But look at her eyes. The blindfold is removed. The scales are uneven. Look at their tilt. Before even a trial, you determine his guilt. To people of color, you have seldom been fair. Hypocrisy, not justice, is the crown that you bear. The mockery is that in spite of your flaws, you can imprison a man, but never his cause. You can imprison his body, but never his mind, to make him believe that justice is blind. End quote. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Blind. Fantastic read, sweetheart. All right, do me a favor. I want you to tell everyone how they can come find you. You can find me on Facebook uh, under Melvin D. Johnson. Uh, you can find me on YouTube under Mel Jamar. And I'm also on All Poetry under Mel Jamar. Mel Jamar 3. Very cool. All right, so I appreciate you so much for reading tonight. You did a fantastic job, honey, and thank you so much, so much for being here. And, and you got Thank in. You. you got in. You weren't just sliding under the wire tonight, so that's kind of nice. I got in <laughs> earlier. Huh? Yeah, this that was like yeah. wow, wow. <laughs> you didn't thank you didn't you hold out the last minute and make me wait. What's that? Right. I said thank you for the post last week on my Facebook page. You're very welcome. Just have to remind you, it's important. People need to be told that <laughs> once in a while. Thank you. You're welcome, hon. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Melvin. Great job. Thank you. Bye-bye, hon. I'll try to make it. All right. I am going to play another track real quick for you guys um, after – well, actually, we'll be closing the show with a track. Sorry. Um, I am going to go through real quick – just Cliff Note 101 version on the prompts we had at the beginning of the show. Your journal assignments was rambling, write about a secret uh, area of expertise that you have or something you're really good at that most of your friends don't necessarily know about um, and would be surprised to learn that you know about or do or whatever. If you can't think of anything, make something up. Say, I'm great at hang gliding. And maybe you've never been hang gliding ever or even flown a kite. Yeah. Just make something up and just have fun with it and do a make-believe. Or, or, you know, watch people, like I said, watch people and look at them and look for clues to what their secret talent is. You know, she may look like a, a normal, you know, college-age barista, barista, but would you believe, you know, she has this whole secret thing about her that most people don't know that she's just amazing at. Um, that was your writing journal assignment. Your writing exercise is to take three poems, three of your longest poems, and read them, 
and then search through them and find your core meaning or message in them and rewrite that poem in the form of a haiku. See if you can break it down to the raw nerve, bare bones, core meaning of the poem. So take your three longest poems and rewrite them in the form of a haiku. You guys will have so much fun doing this, I promise. Your two poetry prompts. The first prompt was certain girls. Certain girls. And the That's My Line Bar poetry prompt is um, what think you the beast? What think you the beast? And that was a line borrowed from the poem that Granville read last week. So there we go, you guys. I am going to go ahead and close out the show tonight with a piece by Eddie Oliver. It's called Beautiful Beginnings. I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. And we will see you guys next week. Wait a minute. Maybe not. Let me see. I think we've got a caller that slid in. 984, have you read yet? 984, have you read? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Hi. I was just I was just saying all my goodbyes to everybody. You slid in by the skin of your teeth. Yeah, I thought I was listening, I was listening to everybody before I fucking spoke. <laughs> what are you doing, sweetheart? Living in the rain. Yeah. Are you gonna read for us tonight? Yeah. You know we're we're both from uh well, I can't say I'm from where you are, but we're both we're both uh we we love and dread the rain. Right. Mhm. I hate the rain. What are you doing? You 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 like the rain. I don't like the rain. I like snow. I yeah, like frozen rain. Yeah. So um, hold on. I'm gonna read the piece, but I just want to kind of follow this. See if it comes through. Can you hear that? No. Okay, good. I don't believe this, this piece. Uh, I'm pretty fucking drunk. Um, <laughs> but we'll see if I can pull it off. All right? All right, so um, first of all, poets are fucking, well, they're dead. They're like, poets are the worst fucking pieces of society. Do you know why? Go ahead. Do you know why? Why? We think we know it all. And really, when it comes down to it, we don't know shit. So with that said,
Cody died. Out. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay, there you are. Now I can hear you. You cut out there at the end, and I couldn't. I couldn't finish hearing what you were. Uh, what you were saying there, at the end part. What was I saying? What was I saying? I couldn't hear you at the end. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. That's what, that's why I was saying you cut out at the end and I didn't hear you. I couldn't hear you at the end when you closed the piece. So you want me to read the end? I heard what that if do? I did, he would call me up from the grave, recite the poem by choice. I heard it was all real. I heard it wasn't. I heard it was all a lie. A book of lies. It's called Book of Lies. My name is Unstell. Written nineteen. Uh, no, 2016. <laughs> <It was like. laughs> 
fantastic job, sweetheart. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm glad you're able to get on before the show went off the air. Oh, no. I actually uh, I diverted my just to listen to your people, you know, and see how they were rolling. See if they were real poets. And you have many countless of, the, of those. Thirteen years, girl. Fourteen years ago. Is it fourteen now? Thirteen. Yeah, I said thirteen. It may be a evil construction. Who works construction? Uh, you keep your. I can. Work. I can hear you part of the time, but you're cutting out, and I keep. I keep missing what you're saying, and so I'm not understanding everything that you're saying. I'm so sorry. That yeah, might be my fault. So. So um. Let's just say that you can hear me, right? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I can hear you right now. Yeah, Montana. Can you hear me on time, <laughs> Montana? <laughs> I can hear you now. I, you know, I want to fucking, uh, I, I want to do one thing, man. Like Zoe Hansen is like my proverb right now. I mean, she's got a boy. She lives in LA. She's from, she came to uh, NYC and, uh, she's from London. Never read her. I mean, cause she doesn't read your books unless you buy them. Which is proper. Uh, but she's got this uh, AMSR thing going, right? Which is kind of, you know, for me, it's kind of like, you know, it's like a moon star, you know? So I wanted to give her props, first of all. Um, but, um, you know, she lets me plagiarize her page, literally. I don't know how a girl would do that. It seriously debunks me. I mean, makes me want to, like, uh, go, why the fuck do you even care, you know? So my, my next piece is, like, um, it's posted on her page, and um, she's got, like, uh, all these New York um, dreadful punk rockers. But they're they're like they're real people. They live through this moment, you know, back in the eighties and shit like that. I lived through that too, but we just went separate ways, you know. I was more into uh, well, she, uh, undoubtedly she owned a bar in uh, in New in NYC, and I fucking owned owned the world, you know. I was like. Uh, you know, I just like a lot of fucking bottom rock, you know, from the from from the UK. So I'm gonna use this piece. Her heart hurts, like mine hurts, and they turn electric feeling on the blind. The one neither of us can see. Each other, reaching for each other. We can't make out these are mine, glorious cause, a wake up call. 
is hurt, hurt by, by hurt tongues. Ring or foe, brother or foe, recognize. We will stand together shoulder to shoulder. This is the age in youth. And youth is the age. Her heart taps like percussion, just like mine. We are snares pounded. Six, like that. MSM are like things. Into where we will ever enter, never return. I'll run by the sound that slips into the vibe of both of us. It hurts like it hurts. I expect it to be the least of it, to come upon us, like it is ritual and viral. I can feel the blood in you crying, curling. Forgive me for crying. I love it. It's called Cry by Live. My name is Gunstall. Glenn, thank you so much. Why would you say that? Why would I say thank you? Yeah. Why wouldn't I say thank you? It's a piece of property. I I, I can't. Piece of what? Property. I can't understand you, honey. You know why? Because his rain is fucking inflicting on me really horribly. Is it? It's Damn rain. I told you I didn't like yeah. the rain. I love the rain. I'm getting <laughs> ready to step out into it. You know? Get wet. So you have, you know, I kept uh, just like, uh, did, like, I just kept like, um, uh, going back, you know, like, Okay, I'll go here on your show. Just listen to your poet. You got 13 years going, right? Or, or 14, right? Mm, so it'll be 13 years on the 21st next week. Yeah. Well, you were one year ahead of me when I was doing a, a 10K. Mm-hmm. But I never thought of you like as uh, as a competitive uh, property, you know. I thought we were doing the same thing. So I'm going to tell you this because I don't know if I'm going to issue any, anything. That um, hold on, let me start that stuff out drunk. Boom, boom. I never thought that we were like fucking competitive. I just thought we were doing the same thing, and that's what I glorify you for. Because you lasted and nobody else has, nobody has ever lasted on what on, on what you're doing. And I can give a fuck about 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 that. But just what you're doing, Kyla, is an incredible market man. Thank you. That means a lot. You know, I know how much, you know. Don't tear up on me, girl. 
I'm not. Very I just you know, everything that we've been through, everything that we've seen, you know, the the in, in front of the mic things and the behind the mic things that we've been through doing this together because you know, you did this for a long, long time as well. You know, and touched a lot of people and and uh you know, so it just it really means a lot because I know our history. So thank you. Well, the world wishes what it wishes. It only gets what it gets. It's poetry and cement truth. This is true. You know, you know, the thing about poetry is it's fucking so unique. You can say like three words and blend them together and make them last into like this like commodity of, of drifts or like some kind of like meniality or like necessity. And people go, you know, oh, I get that. But do they really? That's what poetry, it makes you fucking, poetry, it better make you think. It does. I mean, and it should, you know. There's sometimes I write something in a way that, you know, because you never know. I mean, people can only decipher something according to their, their input. You know, so somebody can hear or see the exact same thing, but their reaction to it is going to be based on the information stored in their own computer chips. And it could be two completely different things, you know, even though it's the same. And that's what the beauty of it is. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. No, that, that's fine. I'm just saying, you know, that's one of the beauties of the things that you that you write. One of the ways that you write is that, you know, you're very, very precise, very clear, very strong. You know, you're a very ballsy writer. You know, very brave in a lot of the things that you write and write about. And and the you know, the the beauty in the raw and grotesque, and the sad and the lonely and the the hard and the you know non-conforming I mean you just you have such a strength in the way that you write but you write it in a way that people understand what you're saying you know they they relate they can put themselves inside just, I appreciate you as a writer and a friend so thank you yeah um, you know one thing I find uh, like uh Incredibly ridiculous is uh, our bodies are going to burn out here pretty shortly. Um, is um, that as as much as we prop another person up, you know, in our, our creative zone, um, those mm-hmm. are attached to us as like you know, uh, like you know, yeah, I want to read the next thing or. You know, I want to hear the next thing that he's got going or she's got going. But when you try to pop another person up on your page or whatever, you know, they're not likely to fucking even post that. And that kind of like pisses me off because if you think that I'm like on my own and I haven't earned this um, status quo because I'm the only lone guy or lonely Lonely your girl, it's because of others. Okay. 
has come before me, for I've gone, you know, to last, burn, you know, and you, you could mention a dozen of them, but you know what, I'll still be, I'll still be alive when I'm dead. And, you know, the crazy fucking thing about all this is, you know, we're all trying to get a fucking delirium to the fucking page of life. Like, as poets, we're trying to leave something. Uh, then we'll be memorable. And we're wishing for stars. So I'm going to read this one piece and I'm going to go. I heard he died. I heard through the grapevine. Someone is writing in his name. I read somewhere. There's a book. Either in the works or already published. I watched a documentary about how he followed him around with the camera. How she saw him 24-7. I heard it's all just a book of lies. I heard he was not that good. But he's egotistical. So whatever his posted memoir was on his Facebook page was plagiarism with a capital P. I heard many times over and over and over and over that he was self-indulgent. That whatever he did was a rescue. McCart of a connection of massive. And I heard somewhere that whenever he read, he was probably fucking wrong. And that he wasn't real. I heard that whatever he said could be a sign of crimes. I heard he was somewhat at the top. Already turned his back on God. I read that he lived like a hermit, lost life looking over his shoulder. I need somewhere that he hated himself, he made. And I hate him. He's on the phone. I glimpsed an impression of him in a poem. I went on some social media page, like Facebook. I got caught up in the fucking woods. I swear to God. I would buy his book, if it was ever printed. Put it on the shelf in alphabetical order. Does it collect dust? I heard that if I did, he would call me up to the grave. Recite the poem of my choice. Heard it was all real. Heard it wasn't. Heard it was all a lie. A book of lies. It's called Book of Lies. It was written in 2016. My name is Lenska. Awesomeness. 
All right, Glenn, do me a favor, please, and tell everyone how they can find you, honey. It's not going to happen. Facebook, period. Seriously, got to go. Bye. <laughs> You're welcome, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, you never know, right? I hope that we do. Thank you, Glenn. Good job tonight, sweetheart. Bye. All right, everybody. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I no longer have the studio, but I'm going to try to get this last piece to play. I can't. want to close. I'm going to close the show tonight with a piece by... Adam Faulkner called Ritual of the Tongue and I want to thank everyone for being here tonight both readers and listeners alike appreciate you guys and we will see you next week thank you everybody The Ritual of Tongue Crowded round a bottle trading chalk like teenage lipstick for the first time since the first time we misplaced virginity like lost and found house keys today's lesson the pull-off parking lot on First Street in June. The smell of rum and too much perfume on collarbones bent like promise. Like a summer we hadn't met yet, we found midnight in our mouths on accident, on carhood, tongue clockworked slow around warm half-moons of flesh and words we thought would make us groan. Grown as locker room, as man-up body armor. Grown as goose-chested and belt-notched back and forth. Nothings about everything that mattered at sixteen. Like pussy and your name in the same sentence. Like finish-line cape made of good story and rumor. Like war scar raised above head and nothing more. That shit was funny. How we held manhood in our palms like lightning to prove its nectar in our spit on First Street. We were shorthand notes of our broken fathers, learning the braille of body in the dark like Tennessee River licking grit from stone and nothing more. Which is why, when we never spoke about the streetlight or the dent in the hood of my father's car or how scared we were of their letter jacket boyfriends until now, Crowded round this bottle some ten years later, trading chalk like teenage lipstick for the first time since the first time we had a hunch there was something more. It feels good to be home, to be accident, to be everything and nothing, all at once.